0: This is Stu from Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. What you're about to hear is a convention show, recorded live at Orcon 2019. Convention shows tend to be a little more chaotic than our normal shows, so if this is your first time listening, you might want to try a different episode to hear what our usual format is like. Also, there are several mentions of Kickstarters. As a policy, Happy Jacks RPG Podcast and AngryFolkStudios.com do not endorse Kickstarters or other crowdfunding ventures. If you choose to support a project mentioned during this or other shows, you do so at your own risk. Thank you. Welcome to episode 23 18 of Happy Check Surprising Podcast. My name is Stu.
1: Hey! I'm Kadav. I am Chris.
2: And I'm Kurt. I'm Kimmy. You have to
0: project the audience. We have a live studio audience too. Yeah. How's the con been for you so far?
3: Yeah. <laughs> Never coming back again? No. Oh, terrible.
0: Okay. All right. Now uh, we did something new this year. We started run. We started streaming games. Kimmy set this up? And uh, what would you call it? ramrodded it? Okay, ramrodded it. And team uh, ramrod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we ran three games, one yesterday and two today. Is that correct? I, I was oh. only in
1: one. I can't, I can't speak to okay. that. That's probably right. I think yes.
4: that's it.
0: Yes. Okay. And then we're running two more tomorrow, right? Okay. All right. And plus, also, there were the regular convention games that happened as well. People played in any of those? Yes? Woo!
4: <laughs>
0: How many GMs are here from games that they
5: ran yesterday or today? Okay. Did you run game? If you run game, you raise hand.
0: Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> so the way I'm going to do this, I'm going to start with the stream games, and we're going to talk about the, the games that got streamed. Any players want to come up and make any comments on it, I'm going to be asking you questions, mostly not, rather than just detailing out the entire game and all the great details about your character. We're going to talk about what, what you liked about the game, what you think could have improved as the GM, and also ask as the players for similar kinds of feedback. Okay? Sweet. Everyone take a drink.
6: Up! 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 hop.
0: All right. Should I start with mine? Since it's on Friday. Yeah. Okay. I ran Chronicles of Darkness. Oh, we're going to interrupt quick.
4: And Before now for that, a
1: message. There's somebody very important coming into the room. Ladies and gentlemen,
0: Eric M. Aldrich,
1: the first.
0: Well, you said you had somewhere to be at eight thirty. The man, the myth, the legend. Oh, we can't hear you. We can't hear you yet. Coming over here. Oh. Oh. Tell us who you are and what it is that makes you famous.
7: Uh, My name is Eric M. Aldrich, the first. I own a mansion and a yacht. Excellent. Excellent. (laughs) So, uh, what's going on with the con? Uh, We're well. As to be another broken record, we think this is the largest show we've ever run. We don't know for certain, but we're well over. uh, You know, we're about twenty-three hundred right now, so we will probably hit twenty-five, which will be the first time we've ever done that. Uh, very good so far. Excellent. Is everyone having fun? Yeah.
4: Yeah. Cool.
7: So, Con's doing well uh, so far. No disasters. Excellent. And the car and they're still parking a little bit. Four cars. Wow. Four we cars. Could, we dig up four. Four cars. spaces. <laughs> <laughs> four spaces. There. So on that, five smart cars. Awesome. Four you. parking
4: yes, spaces. You. <laughs> good to see, you, man. All right.
0: And uh, before that, are an, another uh, illuminate from the uh, Generalissimo. <laughs> From Strategic Con is here, Jim Sandoval, RPG
8: coordinator dude. Yeah, we just keep getting uglier, right? (laughs) So how's everybody doing? Everybody having a good time? I am having a great time as well. We had some unfortunate cancellations today. We had some uh, kind of big names, some really familiar names that uh, couldn't make it this con. Unfortunately, Mook, Jib, and Gina couldn't make it, and they had some stuff on the schedule. It's it always breaks my heart when I have uh, GMS like that fall off the schedule because that means that there are at least a score of people that aren't having as good a time as they possibly could have. But uh, we hope them, we wish them well and and a speedy and a speedy recovery and uh, a return to uh, GameX in in May. So um, looks like Games on Demand is taking off. Awesome. Uh, Every time I go down there, it's just a bunch of people having a great time, like Jumbo Um,
5: Jet. (laughs) <laughs>
8: you were down there all day. Yeah. Not today.
6: No, just in the morning. Yeah.
8: But
5: yeah, just
1: in the morning. The, <laughs> the, the message is all day.
5: To the early all afternoon. The <laughs> Hold I it like a penis. I was right in this I can't get any closer.
4: Yeah, 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 <laughs> you, can. Yeah, you can. Hi. I love you. I don't really hear the sound
8: like yeah, let's let's ah. not.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
8: let's not make it weird.
5: Uh, (laughs) Oh, it's been weirded. (laughs) But
8: even with that, we still had a bunch of stuff going on, and it was and it's been pretty great. Um, We uh, have uh, a one of the um, one of the designers for Pathfinder here as a special guest, and I had a really long conversation with her about uh, Second Edition coming out, and it sounds really, really, really cool, actually. Uh, And um, we had some guys from uh, Full Metal RPG, which is another uh, podcast, a gaming podcast. And uh, they're looking forward to checking out your uh, game designy uh, get together thing and hanging out with you guys over there. I I I, I spoke uh, uh, volumes about Tome's greatness because they were uh, talking about indie games and that and small press games and stuff like that. So uh, that's also fun. Um, we have another great couple of days still coming up, so the fun is still going to keep on rolling. Is there any are there any questions or any comments that I could take from the floor? Anybody have anything for you. me? <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> like really like for realsies and sincere I love
5: you so much <laughs> so the only comment that I would like to make is to thank you again for all the crazy work that you put in to make us have this here here that so we can all have fun which,
8: awesome. which brings me to an exciting announcement uh, that I'd like to make uh, joining the strategic Con staff will be uh, Tomer. And uh, because Games on the Van will become its own department under him, and he will become a department department head uh, along us, so uh, welcome aboard, and thank you. Um, And of course, uh, if anybody knows who Carla Freeman is, she is the director of my volunteer group, and she also does a bunch of stuff with uh, Cool Mini or Not and Steve Jackson Games, and basically has these gaggles of volunteers that help us out here and uh, so my idea was to promote her to be head of non-GM volunteers and or coordinator and organizer for that so we're gonna see probably a market improvement in the amount of training and information that these uh, volunteers have because we're gonna actually have a program to give them that information uh, as well as having a a group of people that are not only permanently assigned to certain areas but a, a core group that are capable of filling in from area to area so we'll have competent support for you guys Guys, once you have questions uh, regarding games and where to go and and things like that, so another great promotion. So she'll be in the department to herself as well. So uh, some really positive changes and some uh, and and our mantra is still incremental improvements. Every single con, something gets a little bit better. So we're hoping that you guys feel that effect. So and that's pretty much all I got to (laughs) say.
4: Thank you very much. (laughs) Uh Huh?
2: Make sure everyone's talking really loud into the mic
0: because it's so quiet. I turn (laughs) the (laughs) thing. Anyway, uh, on Monday, 8 o'clock, I ran um, Chronicles. Oh, sorry, Friday. Uh, Chronicles of Darkness. Uh, The game uh, was, I think in the book, was called Mortals on the Mode of Sin. And I think I called it, um, I later started calling it uh, A Holiday on Caravelle Island. And... If any of you have ever listened to the uh, Mode of Sin AP, that was the vampire masquerade game I ran a campaign wrote. of. Um, where, uh, it's, it's basically an island that kind of replaces Catalina. Um, it's bigger. It's got two big cities on it. And uh, that sort of was sort of the central place for that game. And I thought it would be fun to run uh, a con game where the players are people from the mainland who are coming to the island for a vacation for a weekend. And I was seeing it kind of more as like a horror game than like a regular vampire game. Um, <clears throat> as far as um, I, I did some really good prep, some fantastic prep. I had like two or three scenes that I thought were just going to be amazing, and the players never got to them.
4: Do you want to interview you? No, well, no, you don't have to, you can.
2: Hello I'll share So Stuart, as you were GMing this game What did you expect From the players?
0: I thought they would go and look for clues Find them and then go where those clues led
1: So have have you Have you run games for players
2: before? (laughs) (laughs) I see now your first mistake so, Sue, what in your actual prep did you think they were going to pick up on as a clue that we passed by completely? Uh,
0: there was a ProtonMail account that I mentioned to one of the players uh, on a computer that they, he didn't try to hack. And if he had, he would have gotten the list of names of people. Uh, and that would have led to uh, more clues at two different places.
2: Got that. Um, <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm not sure. And w- can you tell us what the 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 roles or uh, occupations of these PCs were? These are or- these are ordinary people. I wanted to run a horror game. These
0: are people just going on vacation. They're just normal. Except for the prepper. The prepper showed up armed to the teeth. Okay.
2: Um, what would you do differently?
0: I would probably I, w- I would probably make no. Th- one of the things I did with this is I made the character generation. I only did partial character generation. So I I made the stats and the skills for the characters. I did not do anything that had to do with personality, uh, didn't have anything to do with uh, breaking points or character connections or anything like that. We did all that at the table. That ended up creating characters who were probably a little more mundane than I was envisioning. Mm -hmm. So I would probably either give more cues so that the, the characters would end up being more like what I was envisioning, at least in tone, um, so yeah, that I think that was the, that was the biggest.
2: No, yeah, I think that thing. I think that's that's a good takeaway from it. Yes.
0: Did you still have fun with it? Yes, it was fun. It was fun. Um, the one thing I did not anticipate was calling the cops, which, in hindsight, <laughs> makes it makes perfect sense. You're a bunch of normal people on vacation. You go to this person's house that you know you're going to go meet her. And she doesn't meet you where she's supposed to, so you go to her address, and you find groceries uh, uh, strewn in the backyard, and her house is locked up, and her dog has to pee really bad, and obviously she's been gone for a while, and you don't know where she is, she's not answering the phone, so it it actually made perfect sense that you would have called the cops, and I was racking my brain trying to think, now, were there any cops in the Moda Sin game who were ghouled or anything like that that I could introduce, and I could not think of any. You, all the, the only thing you guys ever did with cops is kill them, render their skulls, and turn them into purses.
2: <laughs> to be fair, that was Samantha, not me.
0: Yeah, but uh, that, was the, that was the one thing that, that really kind of stumped me is I was trying to figure out a, figure a way if there was an existing NPC cop from that game that I could have brought in that was someone's ghoul, and, th- and that was kind of stumping me. Right. But other than that.
2: Yeah. Well, well, and you also you had this game that you were pulling from that was like like three years long, so there was a lot of stuff to try and remember and like, try 30, and keep in continuity. Plus, plus yeah, we had we played that game a really long time because <laughs> some of those sessions were like six months apart. Right. So, all right, I'm done with questions. Do you have okay? Yeah.
0: So, are there any play anyone who played in it who would like to make any comments or any questions or suggestions or anything about the the mo? <clears throat> You wanna talk? Okay. Come on. Up. Anyone but Rob?
2: Anyone? <laughs> <laughs> I have legitimate question. You have yeah. You, no, no, go. Okay. Get the fuck up there.
0: <laughs> 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 Tell us who you are and what do you do that makes us makes you famous.
9: Uh James Velez, known as James V James V nineteen seventy one on the chat. And uh I don't know. I go run chat room. a lot of Ale games.
4: Excellent.
9: And you uh you, you came here from far away. I came from Dallas, Texas. Yes. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, welcome. I did. First trip out here? Uh, no. I've come out to L.A. for business and, and other things. Uh, not too often, but. Okay. So so your your, your uh, quick impressions, what you liked about
0: it, what you think could have improved.
9: I like the fact we had some character generation because I could put my own little spin on it. Um, the players, we kind of, we did kind of get into a. A, a mode with each other that worked really good. I felt it it clicked and we got a lot of good personality back and forth. And uh, just having fun with it. It was a blast. We had a lot of fun. Okay. Improvements? Um, I do think a little more flavor for where you were intending the characters to go. Um, uh, other than that, no. I, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Any, any other comments? Uh, yeah. Calling the Cops didn't give me a lot of time to hack the other account right. <laughs> right. i will admit to that one <laughs> i own that one but yeah we did drive completely right past the second clue so you know we waved that as we went past so you know but yeah
0: otherwise it was fun okay.
9: yeah. thank, right. you. thank you very much Appreciate thank you it. thank
4: you sir <laughs> anyone else rob yeah oh more okay <laughs> yeah robert I mean,
10: I- <laughs> hi 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 how's it going my name's rob
0: Impressions of the game, what do you like? what do you think it well, actually
10: no, so so anything anything I say is going to be repeated, so I just want to cut to the chase is that you, on the podcast you 've always talked about the three clue methodology um, as found in gumshoe that. you didn 't why not That's actually not from gumshoe that 's from the Alexandrian.net. but go ahead no no, no but but <laughs> but so obviously obviously those clues were important for you, and you had an idea of where you wanted it to go, and obviously we were not pursuing that. Why did you not? constantly try to reintroduce oh. some of those Talk to the microphone the the thing i was looking at the game on two different
0: levels on one level it is simply an escape horror game it is you guys are on this island it's infected with something there's something there's something bad going on you don't know it's vampires necessarily and and the, the goal of it was just to get out get away yeah um I had a few clues that were going to sort of take you into that vampire world a little bit. Mm -hmm. That never happened. But I don't think it necessarily had to.
10: I'm I'm
1: hearing you screwed up. That's what I'm hearing. (laughs)
10: I, i'm no, I'm just hearing him like he talks a lot about like one thing, but like he obviously made a conscious decision not to do it.
1: I think you're victim blaming
10: and, and i don't I
1: think he was the victim of the players, oh and you are victim blaming I,
10: I we victimized the shit out of him, yeah <laughs> and go each other. yeah, and each other, go back and watch that stream because Stu is squirming <laughs> um,
0: no, but the, 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 those specific things, like like one of the places that you guys might have gone to. Was Carolyn Osterman's house, which you pa- passed by and waved, and waved, and it was had been demolished. That's why we waved, <laughs> right? But, uh, but there was a, there was an intact basement, and there was stuff in that intact basement that it that would have made uh would have made for a, a less TPK ish game. We
10: only lost one person. Uh, yeah. That was me. That made you only lose one person. Well, that's, that's good. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, Huh? Yeah, no. You can't at all. Well,
0: uh, Point, face your mouth hole that way.
10: I actually don't care about you guys because there's more people listening online. <laughs>
11: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's media impressions, folks. <laughs>
10: thank you, Bria. Thank you. Thank you. You got
0: something on your face.
10: <laughs> I have.
0: <laughs>
12: Cheat out. Cheat out.
10: So, 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 what? What I'm curious is that you obviously wanted to go explore this demolished, dilapidated house that where an explosion took place you've already mentioned that you didn't really set up the characters to do anything like that specifically because we, as James mentioned, we enjoyed creating those, those relationships and stuff like that. How would you let that amount of fun happen, but also give the characters an impetus to actually be more than just average everyday people who are going to follow the norms of society?
0: I think I may have added Vices like curious things like that to sort of impulsive things that would have made the characters do those things that a normal person wouldn't do in that kind of a situation. That's what I, that, I mean. That, that I think, more than anything,
2: yeah. Yeah, Wait, you have to come up here. We can't hear your question, or you can repeat the question like a professional. I can do that. All right, here, here he'll just repeat your question. Well, now you yeah. made it. I'm here now. Um, did you give them occupations? Because,
12: like, were any of them like a police officer no. or a hacker or some you know stuff that would make them the kind that would go?
0: The, I gave things? them five archetypes. There was ex-jock, uh, crackpot crack prepper, scientist, and marketer. Those were the five I had, and they had skills. Basically, they had stats and skills to kind of support those archetypes. Uh, but S- 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 too, that.
1: I'm a career marketer. There are no skills. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think...
0: I was going with this sort of idealized, my idealized vision of a marketer, oh. which I'm sorry is not you. Well, then no.
1: carry on.
2: <laughs> I was thinking... <laughs> I was thinking about this game a lot, actually, and um, I think one of the things that uh, might work differently is if you had role players, or if you had gamers who weren't in as many games as some of us are because I think, like, it was super exciting for me to come in and play a normal person. Like, I'm so used to playing a superhero or all these things where I can do all this amazing shit. Like, being this sort of washed-up wrestler was like, oh, God, I'm at a hotel on Catalina and my friend is gone. I'm drinking. (laughs) So, like, leaning into that normal person-ness was super fun, but also really not what you wanted to have happen or plan. So I think, I think other people could have been given that same game and not leaned in as hard as I did. <laughs> Poss- possibly.
0: The other thing is I fell into the same trap mm-hmm. because I'm used to prepping games for characters who are adventurers, right? Yeah. And these are not necessarily going to be adventurers. And, like, if I had spent five or ten minutes of prep thinking, what am I going to do if someone calls cops? hmm Obviously, the cops are going to be ghouled or something. I mean, there's going to be something something going on there. But in my head, I'm trying to figure out exactly what I'm going to make that be. And at one point, I actually tried to kind of get you guys. Uh, I had a, a plainclothes detective come and visit you when you were
2: at the hotel bar. And, and we turned over evidence like good witnesses in a case. Here's, our, here's my phone. This is where the message was. You can have it. Right. I'm gonna sit here and have another. Trick. Yeah, you did. You should call it first. Um, I think you're right about the vices and stuff, though, yeah. because like you let us fill in the vices and virtues, which is really cool. You got that customization piece. But I ended up filling out my vice as selfishness, which means it's like, oh no, that's dangerous. I'm not doing that at all. <laughs> so I think if you had filled out the vices or just the vices, maybe let us fill out the virtues, it right. would have still given us some customization. But it, you could have given us vices that would play into us. Doing dangerous things. Yeah, I think yeah. so.
1: I think so.
5: All right. I, uh, I know how it is to play a regular person in one of Stu's games. When I made a truck driver, and 45 minutes later, he was shot in the face. And dead. And just dead. I Because mean, he was a regular person. If you get shot in the face, there's a real high chance
13: you're not coming back. So, so, so I have a question. Yeah. Um, would... Would a tone conversation at the top of the game have solved this problem? If you had said to them, "I know that you're regular people, but if weird shit starts to happen, you're kind of on your own. Like, try to figure out the mystery and just leave it at that, and then see how they go with it." Possibly. I
0: mean, that may have. I mean, I, I don't. Did I say? Did I say anything in the description about it being? I don't remember what I said in the description. I may. I, and there may have been that, but I don't think there was a pregame conversation about it. Um, and the, also, as the as the players made the characters. They there started to be a lot of interaction between them, and I didn't want to really step on that, so I just kind of tried to roll with what what, what they were doing rather than say, "No, you are serious people. This is a scary game." So, ooh, ooh right. scary game. All right. Any any uh, comments, questions? We're good. All right. Uh, second game, which would be Saturday at eight nine o'clock. Uh, who, who ran? Where, where the, were they Merker- any other Friday games? First? Oh no, then we're going to do the we're going to stream games first. Oh, uh, just stream uh, games. Yes. Oh, then okay. we're going to go back to the others.
5: My bad. My bad. Uh, that's Tom's. Merkiger! <laughs> Merkiger!
0: <laughs> who are you? No, who me, are see, you? See, no, because the audience yeah. can't hear him because he points back towards you. Get over here. Come here. Come here. Be close. All right.
14: So, okay. First off, what the fuck is Merkerger? <laughs> um, all right. So oh, there wild, are wrong. two guys in Malaysia. Moon Cow, ZXU, they're writing a Southeast Asian-inspired fantasy setting um, called A Thousand Thousand Islands, and Merkurger is the first of those that they talk about. A land of crocodiles ruled by crocodiles. There's people there, but the crocodiles are like the nobles, and they've got magic and shit and whatever. That's, that's kind of the basic premise. Um, they're kind of from like OSR and D&D-ish. ish Oh, there's some of my cards from the game that I forgot. Uh, we can put them in front of the screen if we wanted to. Um, anyways, the, the idea is the art's fantastic. It's like poetry, reading this book. It is fantastic. It's funny. Um, but they don't, it's just a setting. Like, they don't give you a way to play it. Um, they kind of assume maybe you'll use D&D or something, because that's what they're used to playing. Um, but I don't think that really hits it the way I would want to hit it. Uh, the way uh, the, the, the graphics and the, the illustrations and everything just reminds me of a game called Fall of Magic, and so I kind of like hacked it to do Fall of magic e stuff, and uh, that's it. So um, uh, Fall of Magic is GMless though. This is a little more facilitated. I'm going to let you explore this place, but I'm also going to give you quite a bit of freedom as far as who you are exploring this place, um, but I'll introduce you to the people and places and the weird things that are there, and uh, that's kind of the basic idea. Okay. Um, I've run it a couple times before online And you know at cons and different stuff But uh, this might have been The first time I've run it here At uh, Strategic Con Oh no it's the second time And the last time I did it was with Kadaev and we had uh, Bob Quintero, Lokio who came out For that one mm -hmm. Um, And uh, we had the two Bears of Candice Which were just absolutely fantastic Oh my god Um, So yeah this is my second time running it My bad so that's it any? Uh,
0: thing else? What did you what, what did you like about the, the, the session? And what do you think would imp- Could improve?
14: Um, the players were uh, were really into it. They were fantastic. Um, it, it felt kind of like when we played uh, with Cadave the last time. Like everyone just kind of brought really fantastically interesting and involved characters. Um, in this case, we had a little bit of, a, I, I mentioned that game cause we had two people come with the same character and it was great. Right. Yeah, yeah. But this one we were like, Oh, do we want to talk about it a little bit? So we don't kind of like stomp on each other as far as the type of games, uh, this type of characters. And, uh, so we had like different stuff. Um, but, uh, I think one of my favorite things that I did in both games is I did that little wishes thing toward the end where it yeah. was like, Ooh, we, okay. We have like an hour left or something. Right. Uh, you know, what is it we want to see in this story? And I did that with you guys mm-hmm. and, you know, everybody kind of was like, uh, you know, the different things they wanted to see. And I, we want did pain, <laughs> I want more
1: pain, Tomes. I want more pain.
14: More pain. More sadness. And we did that thing and uh, I think it really helped make sure we were kind of hitting that, that really beautiful goal at the end where everybody including myself just felt like, yeah, we, we told a story that we wanted to see and we wanted to tell and where we wanted it to end, even if it wasn't uh, necessarily, like, the happy ending. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> no. we can talk about that. But anyways, so, yeah. Awesome. Uh, as far as what to improve, I don't know. I mean, I, actually, I think I've run it enough times now where I'm always really nervous because it's, it's very, like, off the cuff with everybody. Like, I give a lot of narrative authority to the players, so you guys have a lot of responsibility in that. And then I've got my responsibilities, so I'm kind of always nervous about that part. But I, I just, that's the way I see it running every time, and it just has worked so far, okay. but I've kind of been blessed with like great players. So
0: excellent. Okay, uh, any any players want to make comments on Merkiger? Yeah, we got to
1: talk about this, Jason. Yeah. <coughs> Who else was in here? Oh, no, Joey. Yeah.
5: Well, get some. Just go line up. <laughs> <laughs> One or both of you don't matter. Simultaneous. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: i'll move that out of the way i'll let i'll let joey take the mic because yeah, he knows mics. Those, yeah. okay so uh, uh focusing on what did you like about it uh system wise what did you like about it setting wise the scenario what how that transpired and it something that if there's anything that you would like to see to improve it or anything like that uh
12: i think the um setting is absolutely fantastic and um, I really enjoyed the theme of it and the, the story that sort of unfolded. Um, I also think we have to give a lot of credit to Tomes for what like how this was actually physically possible. Yeah, he's a story uh, shepherd, yes. And, and so I think um, my like this isn't really a criticism, but the I would call Murkiger a gamer's game. Uh, maybe not somebody's first game, but I could be wrong about that. I. I just had a really great time today. You are
6: wrong, by the way. Okay. Oh, all right. <laughs>
1: Tom says that Jason's wrong.
6: Yeah, well, yeah. Tom's Tomes is God. Tom says no. Uh, <laughs> Tom says no. Um, I think one of my favorite things about the game uh, is the way you build your character and the way that your character evolves just mechanically. Because you start off with very basic um, ideas of who your character is, and you go through the first couple of scenes and you gather. Positive and negative attributes and really they kind of come out of what happened in the scene and you have kind of ideas They give you examples but you can really kind of pick them your own And it's really interesting to see your character evolve from where you initially thought they were gonna be versus where they are three scenes in Like I had in my head this idea of playing this this fallen princess, and I ended up basically being Moana um, It was awesome. It was great not where I expected to go, but it was a lot of fun
1: I don't know if this was the table or the system But one thing I learned uh, about it was that the emergent play created very rich, textured characters. I don't typically play somber characters. And uh, when we played the somber character, I was like, I feel like I'm really downplaying this session. Like, the energy level is low. uh, Because I happen to be very theatrical. But when um, we got to see the glimpse of my character when she was young and not diseased and cursed, suddenly I felt really empowered, and I, I don't know what that is. I think is the tone that the system demands, the way that you constructed it, because just, there is no system. I mean, let's be frank, and you, you talk humbly about how, oh, well, I applied this this framework here because it worked in this other game. No, you, you sort of created a system that made, that propelled this vision, and, um, and I think that framework, the way that you presented it anyway, forces players to, to take it seriously and slow. It's interesting.
6: I agree. I think part of the thing is the the setting is so the stakes are already so high just in the setting alone. Like you have to go through this area that is so dangerous and people may not return that you kind of set it really really high to begin with. I can't really imagine a lighthearted romp through Merkiger. (laughs) Not with
1: Blood Sacrifice happening in 30 minutes of the game.
6: Okay, but to be fair that was your idea. Uh, But I didn't execute. It was just an idea. Alright, fine. (laughs)
5: The, the same way, when, when I played last con, we ended up with two guys that made the same character. One of them decided that he'd made a vow of silence. So it wouldn't have really been a good streamed game. But <laughs> but his his brother did all the talking for both of them. And his brother would not shut up. And it was amazing. He was just... We are the bears of Candiz! <laughs> oh! Like, he was he was like a hyped-up pro yeah, I was wrestler. just saying Paso Tacos, man. For sure, 100%. And then I started out thinking I was going to be sort of a religious leader, and then I ended up being like a shepherd of magical mana monkeys. Like, I was summoning, like, blue glowing howler monkeys out of the sky to help us, and and <laughs> that was not at all what I thought I was going into, and then that's where we ended up, and I was like... Every single person here had a whole journey. And I think that's what I had the most fun
1: with. was right. Emerging character development with texture and depth. I mean, yeah. it's hard to do. Uh, as a
12: counterpoint to whether that would be a good stream game, my understanding is that Stork plays a silent character and is not a quiet person on the stream.
4: <laughs> so.
5: He's just really fast with the sign language, man. Yes. And I talk to myself a lot. Stork is a talker. All right. well, thank, you. thank you Any yeah. other questions Any comments
1: <laughs> <laughs> Shade Kimmy is using a shade
0: Alright what was our Saturday afternoon game That was me All I right. did that
13: So. And who are you And what do you do That makes famous Hi I'm Kurt uh, I like I, uh, I'm <laughs> <a> Round card <laughs> I am a, I'm a co-host On a podcast Called Pixel Scandal Woo um, And I uh, And I wrote the game That I ran today uh, oh, excellent. Yeah. Okay. Um, so this is actually the fourth time that I've run it. I ran it once this morning and once today the, this afternoon. Um, it is a game called Lighthearted, which uh, originally started as a um, setting for uh, Savage Worlds. And then I realized that I wasn't using nearly anything from Savage Worlds, uh, particularly, I don't know, any of it. I, I Like, there was nothing. It was just that I needed to roll some dice when we wanted to know what happened. <laughs> so... Uh, so I ended up writing this game, which is um, the setting is uh, 1980s nostalgia plus magic, mm-hmm. um, and they're college kids who are uh, a geek, a jock, a prep, a, a um, what's the other one, a rebel, uh, and they're they're trying to like go through life and and you know find out who they are after high school, um, and yeah, so. We, we sort of, I dropped them into uh, a bar where they, uh, we, we actually, this time, I've run it several times. The, the, the previous time, they just woke up and had no idea what happened last night. This time, we did some vignettes of, the, of the, what happened in the night in the bar. And then I said, and a beautiful blonde walks in and you wake up the next morning. Uh, and, and then we kicked off from there. So we actually had some common ground about maybe what happened before that point last night um and then they uh discover they've all got some bite marks on their neck Oh, cool! yeah yeah uh so yeah um it was it was really interesting
0: so as far as what went well what could have gone better what, what could gone
13: better? so so i i really loved the players that i got for the streamed game um everyone h- kind of had the same tone in mind uh which is a real tough thing with this game because they're it's real rules light um so if if the there's disparate um goals among the players like for instance you had um a bunch of player you had a a mystery and a bunch of players who didn't care if i had i don't have a mystery and if they're trying to find it it's not there so i'm more interested in them bullshitting with each other in the bar and then maybe we kill some vampires (laughs) 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 so Um, so yeah, so if if people are interested in like oh I want to solve the mystery, there's not a lot there for them to find, um, which which can be troublesome. But this this one actually went really well. They all kind of had the same goals. They all really got they got super into. We had a, a, a makeover montage to get ready for the fancy party, um, which is like where this game sings <laughs> in the makeover montage. Uh, and so, yeah, that's, uh, that went really well. Um, Some things that I, I think didn't, didn't go off uh, as well as they could have. Uh, I bill it as uh, kids overcoming the stereotypes that they, they gained in high school. Uh, and there's not enough mechanism there. So there's, there's a couple ways that we could deal with that. You could like build it into the system more so that you're rewarded for overcoming your, your stereotypes rather right now you're sort of rewarded for embodying them because I kind of want it. I want society to be pressing on you, right? To, you know, keep being the thing we think you should be. And then it's sort of on the player to overcome it, but they're not being rewarded for it. Um, and so the only other way to encourage it is to make it painful to get the reward. So to give them a hard choice, like you can, you can, you know, go hang out with the popular girl who's shunned you since high school, or you can help your friend who just fell down on the dance floor. Right. And if you go with the popular girl, well, you're going to get that Benny, right? You're going to get that heart point. But if you help your friend, well, now you've grown as a character. Right. And so like, it's, it's really, it's a little harder to, it's harder on the GM to engineer those moments. Uh, And so it might be something where I want to sort of mechanize that a little better.
4: Interesting.
13: Okay. Um, I have one of my players here. Okay, who?
4: <laughs>
1: I don't know this guy's name, but I called him Awesome Hair Dude all day.
0: <laughs> he is. That's that's his actual legal first name. Awesome, 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 Hair, Hair, Dude. awesome, Hair, Dude. awesome Hair Dude. All one word. You know
4: yeah.
7: Hey. <laughs> hey, I am uh, Awesome Hair Dude. Yeah. <laughs> what makes me famous is my awesome hairdo. <laughs> yeah, what? What? I don't give a fuck about you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> he learned
5: it from watching you, <laughs> Rob. Right. I learned it from
0: watching you, okay? They grow up so
4: fast.
15: Uh.
7: Lighthearted was uh, amazing. It was fantastic as a fun storytelling game. Uh, the 80s nostalgia uh, angle with the magic was was a lot of fun. Um, we talked a lot about afterwards about just things that might be able to help improve and, and perhaps mechanize that system, or at least... Make it more clear, I mm. guess, because because you did say you did say upfront, hey, it's about overcoming stereotypes, and then all of us just embrace those stereotypes right. and just ram with them. Um, so I don't know if that needs to be changed, but it was definitely something that uh, that we all thought about and, and talked about afterwards. Uh, in fact, long enough that your wife came in and like dragged you out of the room because we wouldn't, wouldn't let you go.
13: Yeah, she actually did come in <laughs> and say, "Look, I uh, I need him," and dragged me out of the right. room. <laughs>
7: So, we, we, were all, we were all thinking about it and we all had a great time uh, uh, with it. Um, I would absolutely play it again. And if you want to run it more, I would highly recommend to anybody or to uh, look it up if you're ever going to share, share it with people. So, yeah,
13: Pixelscandal.com
7: <laughs> Plug, plug, plug. <laughs> all right, all
0: right, that's it. Thank you're you very much, sure? sir. <laughs> Thank awesome you. Awesome hair guy. Hey, All right. Uh, okay that was the last of the streamed games correct that we had three streamed games and we did all three of them Hi. So now we're on Friday night games that were not streamed Shh, Anyone hold on here who
5: ran yes Thursday night games.
0: Oh snap. the con starts at noon on Friday
5: next Oh <laughs> Okay go ahead <laughs> Then then why is there a discount on the hotel room for Thursday night? I don't know. Oh
0: sh- uh, it's some sort of shadow con you're doing up there? No. You're doing something off the books, man?
5: No. There's just no book. Jim is sitting right there, dude. Look, if there's a sign-up sheet for Thursday night, I'd sign up for stuff, but there's not, so I find my fun. 30 seconds (laughs) into your time. Go. I would like to cede the remainder of my time to the gentleman from Fresno.
13: (laughs) The gentleman from Fresno has the floor. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Kadeve. I appreciate that. Uh, I uh, I facilitated Forest Mother which is my uh it is a story game about what it again? what's it called Forest Mother Okay It is a mother! story game yes! Forest Mother with with the most metal of wolves <laughs> Uh it is a story game about four spirits and the guardians they raised to protect the forest from dangers uh, so I think I've run it at this con before, uh, games on demand sort of situation, but we were all here Thursday night. I had, I don't know, five, six people, and we all sat down and played it. It was it was super good. I, I Actually, this was a fresh version of the game. Um, so the the game sort of plays out in a series of rounds where you create the forest on these index cards. Each person creates a location. You create your forest mother, who is sort of a, a forest spirit that is charged with protecting the forest, but they can't really act on it themselves very well. So they they raise these guardians, which are like their children, um, and you know you end up with. The weirdest fucking mix, right? You, you, like, you, one might be a ghost, one might be a mushroom riding a flesh mech, uh, and another one is, like, a badger. So, <clears throat> uh, yeah, teacup pig. A teacup, a teacup pig named Chop, uh, who is going to uh, uh, get swole. But, uh, yeah, so uh, it's, it's, a, it's a cute little game. It's, it's, uh, it's a very – I write light games that don't have a lot of the, – they're, they're just fun. Can I subscribe to your newsletter? Uh, oh, fuck.
14: I need a newsletter. <laughs> oh, Pixelscandal.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got to play in this game, and uh, it makes my heart swell that Kurt's writing these really Hashtag cool little get thick. story games. Get thick. The game got thick. Let me say, but yeah, no, it was a beautiful little game, and I thoroughly uh, recommend that anybody who has a chance try it out. I really like some of the, like, when you talked about how it looked before and what you've done with it now as far as mechanics. Like, it didn't look like just some story game somebody's kind of, like, made up and hasn't done before. Like, it looked like the kind of story games I expect to see out there in the world that I have seen. Um, yeah, it, it was super enjoyable. So anyways. Oh, thank it. you so much, Tom. Awesome. High
13: praise from Tom Eyre. The lord of story games. The lord,
14: yes. Has smiled
13: upon your He has your come creation. out with the pith helmet and given me his blessing. Hi, <laughs> uh, hi Kurt.
12: Uh, hi, Kurt. Yes, um, Adam. Uh, Long time caller, uh, never time listener, Adam. Yep, <laughs> Uh Yeah. Um, Last time, sorry. If you don't run this game for me before I leave this con, I will fucking flip a table. Just okay, FYI. so. I, <laughs> why has this happened not for me? I...
13: So I I have to say how fucking flattered I am that I have had so many people ask me to run games for them that I wrote myself and brought that I don't know if there's enough time left before I have to leave to run them all. I am so fucking humbled. (laughs) That doesn't answer answer Adam's question.
12: We'll figure it out. Kurt, I don't know if you're into my world, but I am more important than everybody else. (laughs) Oh, I'm aware. I am aware. I will ruin your marriage to play this game.
0: Now you know uh, Can I make a suggestion Yes please
12: Publish the game
0: So that other people Can run it too Well that's a good idea
13: Yeah but that's like Hard There's so much stuff You gotta do Before it's done
1: No you just give us Somebody else to do
13: Oh oh Maybe I'll just sell it Anybody wanna buy a game
4: <laughs>
13: I will give you One American dollar Anybody got Two American dollars <laughs> Oh, I got three dollar, three dollar, three dollar, three dollar. Oh, it's on now. <laughs> Do I hear four? Four? Do I hear four? Four?
16: Wow!
1: Do I hear one million one? 000, 000, one million one? One million one? Nope. Rails. Sold. <laughs>
3: <laughs> all right. So I am, I am Katie Potts, Mrs. Kurt, uh, Digit on Pixel Scandal, um, and having to play all of the different iterations of forest mother this is the most complete it's ever felt the rules actually do what they're supposed to do and it
13: no uh, small task no
3: i know <laughs> and um no it did I, I had to come up and agree with Tomes that we've played it several times and this time it felt like it's ready
13: well thank so you the baby
3: out of the nest it's and b- stop talking
13: about it in yeah. I, I i had a feeling that was coming <laughs> The
1: the crowd is chanting, push that baby
13: (laughs) For those that can't tell, my baby is in the audience tonight (laughs) I give in to peer pressure easily, I'm sorry
0: Alright, Friday games Who ran a Friday game? I ran one Two people,
13: okay Do we just want to do like one for us? One for the queen situation? Okay Uh, Two o'clock for the queen yeah, oh, we no, should
1: talk do you, about that. Do, we do, do you want to do or, For the Queen do, now? Yeah, do the For the Queen go. thing. That yeah. was at 2 o'clock.
14: Um, so uh, there's a game I've started playing about a year ago.
1: Started obsessing over.
14: Uh, yeah, that's putting it lightly. So there's a game called For the Queen. Shilling it's fucking hard. Alex Roberts. Um, she's the same one who wrote uh, Starcrossed, which is the two-player love Jenga Dread game. Alex and is awesome. Uh, she wrote that game, and uh, since that time, they've taken a little bit of time to get out there, but Evil Hat Productions is going to be producing it, and it should be available by June, in theory. Like, we could buy it. Not Kickstarter, just buy it. Um, it is my favorite role-playing game, story game, whatever you want to call it, uh, of my lifetime. I have played more games of this than I ever have of Dungeons and & Dragons, and I used to play D&D when I was a kid. But, like, I've played, like, 40-plus games of this thing, and I never get sick of it. It is so, so good, and I'm hyping it up, but um, everybody who's played it kind of at least understands what I'm talking about, if they don't agree. Um, And so uh, on uh, Friday at 2, we did a special edition of Games on Demand, where we just got a bunch of these decks from Evil Hat, And uh, we basically just said, anybody who wants to come play, I'll get a couple facilitators that have played once or twice before, and they're going to run tables, and we'll just do this thing. And I wasn't really sure how many people would show up. I knew we'd get like a dozen at least, or something. (laughs) And so we got 28 people showing up, which was fantastic. We had about like five or six tables running simultaneously. Um, I kind of just got this idea from my friend, Andy Karrison. She ran it at PAX Unplugged. Uh, like a learn and play story games, that, something they do for board games. She was like, we're going to do this for the queen. And she had like 80 people show up or something insane. Um, so we did it here. This is one of the only cons like in the country, the, in the world, that can do this. Because I happen to have like, access to these things and I want to share them. And, uh, by the way, if you will be around between now and the end of the con, like if you go to games on demand in, I don't know, two hours or whatever, I still have these decks. You can still play this game. You don't even need me to play it. You just need the table and the cards and some friends, and you're set.
0: Uh, Briefly, what's the conceit of the game?
14: The queen is on a perilous journey. She has chosen you, and only you as her retinue, because she knows that you love her. She is on a perilous journey, Uh, To a distant land To broker an alliance That's the game All you have is a deck of cards And they're just questions About your relationship with the queen Mostly As well as Your relationship with each other The land Blah 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 And uh, that's it And then uh, You just answer a question At the end of the game About whether or not You defend the queen Um, And so That's the game It plays in one hour Two hours Depends on the table Um, But again I'll let people talk about it Because there's some people here Who've played
0: Anyone who played in For the queen Want to talk about it? Uh, start at the table, and then we'll go around the room. So, uh, and again, what would you like? What could be better? What do you think about the system?
6: Stuff like that.
1: I, I liked how effortless the system was, and, again, emergent character creation. You don't have any concept who you are. You don't have a name. In fact, you'll play the game and not have a name. Um, and by the end of it, I was a treasonous son of a bitch trying to dethrone her for my own nefarious reasons. If that's not me... By the way, that's the cards. <laughs> yes, it demanded is. that. Uh, but no, it's it's really if great. If you're ever a monarch, don't trust this guy. No, <laughs> True. true. Oh, but the, the, you get just so much texture just by because you have to answer questions. You have to answer hard questions. Uh, why, why did why did she uh, you know forget about you when you needed her? And what, wow, that 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 answer defines your character. Oh sure,
4: yeah, I
5: get that. Cool, awesome. All right, uh, and. Well, the first thing about it is, like, I know Tomes gave it a glowing review just now, but he's not only just a good reviewer, he is the prophet of this game. Yeah. Like, he is just out there showing it to the masses, anybody that can play, and it's super fun. It is the best party RPG that I can think of. Like, it's o- sort of its own category, Uh for me, anyway, I think it is. Um It's. I I played twice during that Games on the Manslot yesterday, and the first round, I was sort of like the Doctor from Dune, where I totally had nefarious plans for the Queen and was evil and wanted her to die because my family made a lot of money in the war, Mm -hmm. and we didn't want to stop that gravy train. The second game was the first time I've ever played it where the Queen was the nicest human being. Like, it was... The, the, the best person uh, anybody could be. Now, is that determined by the cards that you get? Yeah, as the cards flip, they each have a question, and people answer them. And the It's determined by the like,
1: answers that you give to the yeah. cards.
5: Yeah. And so you get these questions, and people. Ju- we got all these positive questions, and everyone answered it like, the queen is the most beneficent of all of us, and she showered gifts upon me and my family, and one person got elevated to nobility just because, and... All of these wonderful things. And then at the end of the game, like, we were heartbroken that the queen was under attack. Like, everybody at the table was just wrecked by it the second time. Like, we're all going to fight for the queen. I don't care if we have to die because she needs to make it. But, and and it's shocking to me how much you can get into a character where you start from nothing in an hour of playing that.
13: When we played it, we, we ended up with such a, a strong hold on our characters who did not have names that we did epilogues for our characters. And I, I think the, I think the real meat of this game, because, I mean, you're drawing the cards. It, it asks you a question like, when have you seen the queen be cruel? How did you feel about it, right? And you answer it. And then the whole table gets to ask you clarifying questions, which can be leading questions, yeah. which means no person at the table is ever not playing the game. A lot of story games like this, you get your turn and you're like, oh, well, I'll just write down my thing. And this dude over here, he could not care less because it's not going to be his turn for a little while. He has no way to input. They have no way to input any information into what's about to happen. It's just waiting for you to finish writing so that we can maybe move on to the next phase or whatever that is. But because of these clarifying questions, you're always you're always active listening, waiting for the time that you can input or you can add or or, or deepen this person's character by asking these drastic like horrible questions uh there was one uh question that came up um i who was it dan uh he i there was uh there was something about um the his mother had died and it was the the queen's fault or something like that and my clarifying question was before your mom died did she tell you i was your half-sister and so, like, the, these kind of questions, like, they just they, – they make these characters so rich so quickly that I have never seen a game like this. It's it's like if every time you played a D&D game and, like, one of those emergent play things came up and your character got richer, every card is a, is a full game of that emergent play.
0: Okay. Now, are, are, are these uh, clarifying questions prompted on the cards or do you have no. to come up with No, no it's, just, up. it's just it's the players. On. And okay.
13: sometimes there aren't any. Sometimes it, it's, like – Everyone is satisfied with the answer and they don't have anything else to add. But I, I feel like the game is the clarifying question right. for me. Okay. The other thing that
5: I forgot to mention that I absolutely love about the system is the use of an X card. And there's an X card on the table. And many of you have heard us talk about the X card and and you're aware of what it's about. But it's if something doesn't fit the what you want to have in a game, you can tap the X card and it's out. And that's fair. In this game, you can X out a question. So if you get a question card and you just don't like it, you can just X it away. Okay. Uh, You can um, use it for tone purposes which I love, oh, yeah. is... That's a good idea. That's a like, very good idea. So okay. it's, it's not X because you're offended or it's a problem for you. It's X because you just don't think it fits with your picture of what's happening.
1: Or your character's decisions. Or, the other yeah. thing, too, is if you use the X card, because the, the way the mechanics work, is that the, king, the queen will be attacked. And that happens at some point in the deck. And you have put that attack card in the deck at a particular position, might be later on in the deck, depending on how long you want the game to be. But if you are Xing a lot of cards... That attack is coming. Coming soon. So I started using oh, so that every as a time
5: currency. you X, you add an attack no, you, card? No, every or... time you X, you just spend that question card. Oh. But it oh, means you don't have the card. time of answering Got the question it. and all
1: that. I found myself conserving my Xs. It was like, this is not something I want to answer, but I don't want to X it. So I'm going to answer it. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, okay, all right, that's what made me the evil bastard. Right. Okay. Anyone else have comments on it?
17: Who are you and what do you do that makes it famous? Uh, my name is Kurt and I, nothing. All right, go. <laughs> what Part did you like curtaining. about it? What could improve? <laughs> so this is the first time I played it, and uh, I, the X card thing is is great. Any time you draw a card, you can choose to answer it. You can choose to pass it to the next person. Or, as, as Dave said, if you don't like where it's leading the game, you can exit. And I, I found myself at one point drawing a card, and I'm like, okay, no, I don't, I don't want that one. And I drew the next one, and I was like, I don't want to X two cards in a row, you know? Right. I'm like, but I really don't, I, I don't like where this is taking the tone of the game. And so I exited a second time, and everybody at the table was like, no, 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 you can do it. You can totally do it. I'm like, all right, fine. And I drew the third card, and I was like, this is perfect. Okay. This is absolutely perfect. This is exactly where I was. I was saying, you know, and and the the leading questions, the clarifying questions. Kurt was absolutely right that it, it's that is really what makes the game. Um, I mean, in in the, when we had one of the guys was the queen's brother-in-law, and so you know she had married his brother, and but he was in love with her, and I'm like, at one point I was just, oh, so you're the older brother, aren't you? He married your. She married your younger brother, so that leading question created something there, and and he just ran with it. He was like, "Yes, it was," and I I'm far more. But, but whatever,
13: you yeah. <laughs> know.
17: So, it, it's really cool. Really cool. Game.
13: Excellent. Two out of two Kurtz agree. <laughs> two
4: out of two
15: Kurtz agree. <laughs> who are you? What do you do that makes you famous?
17: Come step closer, sir. Sure.
15: Uh, My name's Dan, and I designed a game that uh, I think I made 40 whole dollars on. Yeah!
13: That's more than a lot of people. It's like
15: two lattes. In the black. Make it rain! Yeah! (laughs) Um, In the black. So, what what struck me about For the Queen, this was my first time playing it, this was uh, my first time playing a story game for itself instead of playing a story game as like, oh, we're going to use this as as a session zero for a longer campaign of something more traditional. Um, What struck me is if you um, are a GM or want to be a GM, you should absolutely buy and play for the queen because it teaches you a lot of the universal skills that makes you a really, really good GM. It teaches you active listening, leading questions that are super, super mean, um, and moving the spotlight around, and a lot of applications I'd never even considered about the X card. Um, And so I, I left that feeling like i I, i'm used to games like this being described as gm lists and it felt like everyone was gming everyone else and i went into that game basically like oh i'm i'm rasputin's asshole kid and like that's why no one likes me is because my dad is a creep and i'm useless and then somebody was uh, i think um uh uh no uh chris was like hey so how'd you learn blood magic and it was like oh yeah, I definitely know blood magic and my creepy dad taught me, and now I'm a creep and we did tons of murders. And it was like <laughs> way, way more exciting and way more fun than anything I'd imagined for myself. And and then it got really woven into everything. And it's um it's great if it doesn't matter if you don't like story games, if you want to get better at the most trad game on the earth, buy and play for the Queen.
4: Here, here. Awesome.
15: Yeah. Up, up. Any other comments on, for the Queen? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Tom's prompted. Also, this was the first time I'd ever used the X card. Um and and it was very and exciting. It became it
5: was, like people ringing the bell for good service. Yeah, like
15: bong bong You know, we we done did it. Um, we curated content using the X card because it wasn't tonally appropriate, and because things were getting spookier and more intrigue and conspiracy, and then something nice would happen. It was like, nah, dog, that's not <laughs> <laughs> like that doesn't vibe. It's not too. my queen. Yes,
0: <laughs> awesome. Okay. stay up here,
12: because I'm going to have you talk about your game next, because you ran a game. I did. Okay. um, Yes, Adam. Hi. Uh, I'm sorry. I have an opinion about everything. You guys know this by now. Uh, Wait, what? This was just kind of eye-opening to me, because X-Card, while I love it, and I've uh, I've had it present in a lot of games, and I've never seen it used in any of my games that I've played or run, I've never used it myself in any games that I've played or run, I'm comforted to know it's there, but it's always been kind of this ineffectual thing that's like, okay, I know it's there, but I'll never use it, and my players will never use it, and my GM will never use it, and I kind of like that this, it sounds like, that this is making it so it's okay to use it in all kinds of circumstances, so when you need to use it in that really triggering, dangerous circumstance where you really, as a person, need to emotionally stop this from happening to have your fun you it's less of a pressure it's not like oh my god they hit the nuke button it's it's yeah x card yeah we move on okay cool let's move on and i think that that's a beautiful thing and i i had not even thought about that before normalize it
4: It, it, yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah.
0: awesome okay uh yeah you want to come up and talk about your game sure
15: reintroduce yourself yeah so I'm still Dan Um And on Friday night At Games on Demand I ran a game I designed called Nine Lives of Valhalla The $40 game? The the game that made me Forty whole oh, dollars yeah. 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 That was the, na- <laughs> the Big Um
3: That's all I came here to say
15: Is just <laughs> Brag about straight dollars You got more mics right? I can really spike this thing Oh no? No? Alright cool you
4: like, you
15: yeah, I, I will gently <laughs> I will gently place so the you... mic Upon the carpeted floor Um so, so Nine Lives of Alhalla is a game about death metal viking cats who... Uh, You're not using the right voice, Dan. Uh, Nine Lives of Alhalla is a game about death metal viking cats long after the age of man when there is nothing to hate more than dogs themselves who still worship the leash. Um Yeah. Yeah, guys. It's very good. Um here's here's um here's here's my advice if if anybody is working on designing a game and you have a halfway decent pitch, like just make that game cuz uh, a good pitch is the hardest thing. If you've got a good name, that's the hardest thing. The rest of the game will flow from there. Like who whatever just slap powered by the apocalypse on it. Who cares? But like if you've got if you've got a name, like run. Just just go. Go, 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 go. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, it's fine. Nobody, nobody else cares about the mechanics except you, the designer. Just like, make, make your weird game live, li- life's too short. Um, so, 9 Lives of Valhalla is a game I wrote in a month. Um I made it using tools I had for free via not being very well supervised That's in my place of employment.
5: That's more than 1 a day people. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh,
15: exactly. Like don't oh, holy crap. Don't work on things. It's a sucker's Anyways, um the game I, I ran on Friday went really really well. It's um it's actually uh, I don't know if people are familiar with Ryutama. It's technically a Ryutama hack. Where um, uh, you have four attributes, which I'm going to forget, but they're like savagery, brutality, cunning, and um, hmm? and cat, basically. Um, <laughs> and How did you forget it, um, cat? There's 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 a couple of things that worked really well um, that I, I was really, really happy with how it went. The tone landed. People found it very evocative. We didn't... Uh, I, I mostly just growled in a metal voice instead of having a tone conversation, and we still had a character who summoned mag- dark magics from a, a top hat, which was great. Um, and the... Uh, um, people really enjoyed... So the, the core mechanic is every time you roll the dice, either you accomplish what you're hoping to do or you die. And as a GM... <laughs> But it's okay. You have nine lives. That, and you have to lose all of them to get into Valhalla. So you kind of want to... It's like you level up every time you die. Um, so it's like you're running a whole D&D campaign in like one session. Um... So as a GM, it kind of burns you out pretty quick because you got to keep coming. Like they tried to pick a lock and then they rolled bad, and so now you have to explain why they're dead. Like, which a lot of times is like an arrow hits you, and I'm going to just say words until we can come to a mutual agreement about why that's appropriate. Um, (laughs) But so when you die, you you get a blessing from Valhalla. And when I wrote this game, I spent a lot of time on Wikipedia looking up weird mythology about cats. Turns out people think or thought or still think that cats steal the breath of children and kill them so obviously when you die and go to Valhalla you can come back with having the stolen breath of mankind's babe and like who cares what that does in the mechanics like that (laughs) shit tops um so so that went really great like the the players got a a kick out of like getting to come back and be like yeah my mouth's on fire now all the time (laughs) and like we're not gonna worry about that um it was what and we're not going to worry about. That.
4: Yeah, it's, it's just, hard it's just yeah. It's fire. You can eat raw now; it'll
15: be cooked by the time yeah. it hits you. Um, so every day is
5: barbecue What savings. didn't work,
15: and what I I I would uh, like to improve, but also that would mean like tinkering with it more, and I I don't want to necessarily go back to the well. Um, is there are things that are left unsaid? There was a lot of questions about like, okay, we die and we come back, but like how though, like and. Even explicitly leaving that ambiguous, but having questions to ask. Those are like, stupid
1: questions, Dan. I mean, yeah. it's perfect.
15: Um, the, the, the one problem it, it like genuinely could use room for, and, and Tomes actually gave some really uh, great advice on this, is it the only thing I can do as a GM at any given time is escalate. Because if I'm not escalating things, then people are going to realize that it's just roll, throwing dice at each other and then maybe dying. So I've got to just come up with like crazier and crazier thing which i um i was really lucky because one person's hated nemesis was toxoplasmodius the dark god of zombie cats and that that was like great it's like you gave me a dark god like i'm gonna run with this and so like i could just go towards like it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger but man after two hours that wears thin so like having some downtime for characters interact with the gm can like step back and not have to come up with more airbrushed on the sides of vans nonsense (laughs) would um would really have made it a lot More space wizard appears. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, straight. If if they if we still had more game to run, it would have gotten very like. And now you're on a rock in space. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but um, yeah, it was a lot of fun to run. And um, question in the front. Enjoyed it. Yes. It It is available on Drive Through RPG and Ichio. It is easier to find on Ichio. And if you buy it on Ichio, I get to see where you came from on the analytics. So so go to there. And it's pay what you want. And what
0: is the what's the address for Ichio?
15: Uh, it is. It is uh, itch, I-T-C-H, dot I-O. Um, if you want to go directly to my store page, it's, um, it's Dan Phipps, I-T-S-D-A-N-P-H-I-P-P-S, dot itch, dot E-O. Um, yeah. I'm going to give this back to you. Thank you. Uh, anyone? Yeah, go, go. Do I
14: stand here in front of Kurt now? No. I'll just scoop back. I know. Um, no, Just real quick, uh, I mean, I think Dan covered all the, the really cool stuff, uh, but that that little part about getting to level up so many times in a game is so fun. Every time you die, you're like new power and you just feel like that campaign in like two, three hour session is really, really cool. So anyways, but the other stuff was fun too.
13: Also, if you tell your designer friends that you made your game in PowerPoint, they'll redo it for you for free. (laughs)
4: <laughs> some of
13: them. Yeah, some of them. Some of them who have an
0: InDesign. But yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyone? Anyone Any comments on this game? Any other comments on this Please, game? Please, I going will going murder two? you. One twice. Okay. Uh, any other Friday
1: night games? I ran Friday night. Um, I ran the Great American Novel, which is a role-playing game. Gander. <laughs> it's Gan, as we lovingly call it. <laughs> Um, it is. Uh, oh. It's a, It's it's kickstarting on Monday. I did Begins. it. Begins. I did it all. I'm going to be on Monday with my whiskey on oh, nine oh. o'clock in the morning. Hold on. Hold on.
5: Monday. 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 <laughs> on your local
1: Kickstarter. I'm going to be day drinking and refreshing, yeah. and refreshing. Yeah. And going on Skype and say, guys, guys, seriously, it's, it's up. <laughs> uh, I haven't
5: played this game yet, but I'm going to pay money for it.
1: Awesome. I've played uh, it several I times, and I will definitely man. play Money for it. Help me. <laughs> I have him. So I ran it twice. I actually ran it Friday night and then this this evening. Um, and they were equally, um, I think, topical. The, the Last night was The Exorcist. That's the great thing about great American novel. The trappings. Anything that's driven by character and not car chases works. So The Exorcist. And then uh, tonight we ran The Shining. So... Um, Two very different experiences. <laughs> um, I don't know why. I always go to these dark places. But um, it, it's therapeutic in a way. Uh, I, I think that, um, okay, so answer to the questions, which are, what went great, what went great, what, what went would great. You improve, what would I improve. Okay. So uh, the exorcist. I, I, um, I think there was a tone problem. This has come up a lot tonight. This is, I think, a theme at cons. If you go to a con running the exorcist, um, maybe, you know, don't expect a lot. <laughs> you know, uh, because it is a con. Uh, I think I was pretty explicit in the descriptions, um, and, but I, there was struggle with tone, um, and and I did have to bring out the GM voice and say, "No, no, we can't have disco."
2: Wait, wait, no, do the GM voice.
1: <clears throat> we can't have disco. Acceptable. I'm no teacher. I can't. It's fine. But <laughs> I think. Um, I, I think there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a trap in a con game where you, you go in, you know, we're just going to have fun. We're going to go gonzo and blast through, especially a game like The Exorcist, right? You know, I just want, like, you know. But I was really coming disco. into it saying I want a serious experience. Disco
2: pea soup. Let's go.
1: And so when Disco came out, it's like, you know, Lalo Schifrin made a score that was so terrifying that people left the theater. So and, let's
2: practice together real quick. Okay. We can't have Disco.
1: We can't have Disco.
2: Okay, no, keep like, keep you talking. you are perfect. Yeah.
1: I'll work on it. We can't can't have have disco. That's how I know to make lines dramatic.
13: There's no disco in the Exorcist.
4: There
2: is no. All right, so you were making really good points, and I messed it up. Go ahead. (laughs) Thank you, Kurt. Uh, So
1: anyway, but no, it was fine. There were really terrifying moments. And I want to talk about the F card real quick, because that was one of my learnings uh, that I had from these two sessions. The Shining went extremely dark. Mm -hmm. The Exorcist went extremely dark. Um, And I think it did, because we were were protected. Mm -hmm. There's an X card on the table. So it's not like I'm going to (laughs) trigger... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> let the record show Dave is upstaging me <laughs> that is completely untrue I was silent <laughs> um, it's not like uh, okay so with the X card you, you are uh, okay I don't want this it triggers me I'm going to hit the X card but the X card has a reverse effect I know I have an out we went places I'd never gone in cons before and I'm not even going to talk about it because we went dark places yeah. but I I was okay with it because I had an out. I knew that if it ever did cross the line, I could X. And we all knew that. And we sort of kept pushing and pushing and pushing until we reached really terrifying moments. And uh, I think both games really, really worked because of that.
2: That's awesome. Um, And I think it's really important when tools really work like that, that 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 story is shared so that people do... Like, Because it's easy to be like, oh, I have the X card on the table, and then nobody uses it, and everybody feels like, oh, look, we used it, but nobody used it. So it's nice to have those moments when it really did serve its purpose and improve the game culture at the table, especially at a con game where it is... It's harder because it's high stakes. There's, you know, strangers sometimes, you have a very set time frame, so there's not, like, the time to, like, talk it out if things go wrong. But that's a fantastic example, and it's awesome.
1: Yeah, it's like having a, a life vest, you know? So, you know, you know that things go too far, you, you do have an out, and I, I think that allows you to push farther.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Rob has a question.
1: Oh, good.
10: All right, I am turning my body so the rest of the audience can hear me. But I, I, can't, I can't see you now. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I... So, here's the deal. Just stand in front of Kurt, and you'll be in the right place. Perfect.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
10: so, so Chris, unfortunately, I, I was originally registered, and I had to cancel, which I was pretty, pretty bummed about. But knowing knowing what you know now about cons and how to approach it at cons, and thank you, Kimmy, the, um, if you're going to take other cons... Like opportunities and stuff like that. You mentioned the word gonzo, for instance. Would you go more like fear and loathing? Would you go more like cannery row? Like, what do you see given the con environment? Is cannery row real gonzo? (laughs) The way I read it, it was. I, yeah, I think it's sure. easier
1: to go in a in a Gonzo direction because people are already uncomfortable with the framework in the system. So if you give them the way to play it out that way, it's great. I, I would love to see like a you know um, a Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas would be perfect because you can you can really go. Um, uh, the problem I, is that I like I love horror, you know, and so I, I'm always trying to bring that to the table. And a lot of the reasons I made Gan was that I had a framework that could produce it in a controlled way. Mm-hmm. And so um, have it, have it, so I always try to put it on a <laughs> that's, that's my own And if you ever play a game with me For some reason They all go dark yeah. Well some I don't know I, why I would like to explain
2: Of course you would
5: I feel like we need An X card In that Call Cthulhu game For Tone <laughs> Because it wasn't horrifying. Uh, it no. was just a uh, comedy romp uh,
1: through I, the deep ones. He's talking about the uh, Shadow Con we did yeah. with... Uh, but that, that was, uh, you know, Holly, Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> We're making a monster picture. You know, it, th- it was so The good. tone's built in.
2: So I have a question about your system. Um, so the Great American Novel, you've talked about it a couple times... In running it, do you think, do you feel, as a GM, it's and a, and a designer, it's more successful if you pick a story that people are less familiar with, or when you pick something like The Shining or something that people know, like Dead Cold, at least the movie version of? Do they does that hurt it in some way?
1: Yeah, I think it's easier to do trappings, as I would call it. Mm-hmm. Like we're going to play The Shining. Everybody knows what that means. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows the tropes, and you don't have to explain anything written as uh, uh, rules as written great American novel. You're supposed to, you know, freaking play the great Gatsby, you know, or <laughs> beloved or something.
2: That's what I'm super excited about. <laughs> right.
1: And it, it works great in that way. And we're going to do shadow um, uh, coming up, which is going to be on, uh, we're going to do, um, um, I, I've lost it. I've suddenly so, lost my memory. Yeah. <laughs> down Abbey. Oh, <gasps> we're going to do down Abbey with great American novel on shadow con. And, uh, and, and that's, that's more what it's designed to do.
2: Wait. <laughs> All right, continue. Uh,
1: but it does ha- it helps to have trappings. In fact, when I started bringing it to cons about a year ago, people were like, "I don't really want to play the dust bowl."
2: That makes sense. You know, at con.
1: Uh, well, you would, but you're. I up. would grapes the wrath of the shit out of this I, game. I, I know you would. Oh, for but, sure. But you know, when you're looking at a list, and you know, I can play Transformers, or I can play, you know, you know, some some like depre- Great Depression household that's lost all of their money. It was hard sell, so I started putting trappings on it. That makes sense, and it worked really great with
2: that branding. Is what we call it. That,
1: uh, yes. So marketing people do have skills. What?
5: Shut Shh. your lion mouth.
1: You're right. <laughs> I'm wrong. Yeah. Lying is the skill that <laughs> you
5: have.
6: <laughs>
1: it's called positioning.
2: Oh, sure. Awesome. <laughs> sure. Fantastic. What? Uh, yeah, I, I think we answered the questions. Players. Wait. Okay. All right. uh, would, you, would you try like the Good Earth? Yeah. Uh, r- uh, Kurt's question was: Would you try the Good Earth? Yeah,
1: I would. I, I, and I and, and I would also try the Avengers. It it works in the entire spectrum. Because the Avengers is not about the superpowers or fighting the villains. It's about the character interactions mm. and their motivations and what gets in the way of their motivations. So long as it fits that formula, it'll work.
2: So are you going to like market like the sequel, The Great American Movie, uh, which we, is exactly the same thing, just with a different picture on the cover? <laughs> yeah.
1: well, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build a framework like Fate does. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to build a framework like Fate does to create settings... That 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 are uh, that are about a particular experience. Nice. So uh, and, and yeah, we'll we'll do the Godfather. We'll do you know nice. particular. Cool. Can we? Can Can I ask a favor? Of course, anything for you, could do Can
5: Can we play your game, but Jaws? Yes,
1: yes. that's a great idea. That would be tight because it's a character story. Can I Can I be yeah. in that game? Well, I don't know. It'll cost you. <laughs> I will pay the iron
5: price. <laughs> <laughs> You're in.
4: <laughs> yeah.
5: yeah you know, for, it's two your for your one thing. Exorcist
8: game <laughs> For your Exorcist game I actually tried to seed it with some uh, Just average Congor people That haven't really played a lot of narrative games Did those, that couple show up?
1: Yeah there was um, there, there was a group I actually run games for I think everybody at that table before okay. um, And, the, and I, I said when I opened the conversation That there were tone challenges But it turned around okay and I think the uh the important thing about me running games in a con environment is that I have to understand I'm in a con environment and that's uh, you know uh, roll with the punches it's a crowded room there's lots of noise you know and and I'm trying to do something serious here um yeah. uh and so uh it was a good it was a good experience because I was able to um to navigate it. And it turned around. And I think that at the end, I mean, there was some serious shit that went down in that game. And there were points at the table where just stopped, and just, like, uh, visualizing it and understanding the the, the severity of what was happening. And, um, you know, the possessed was vomiting insects all over them. And uh, that's just like, okay, wow, this is The Exorcist. Well, my question to them is, is, and they're, like, going,
8: oh, we're thinking, what do you recommend? We're looking at this Exorcist game. We're looking at this other game. We're looking at uh, 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 a Pathfinder game. And I'm going... Uh, all depends. Uh, how hard do you want to go?
4: <laughs> I tried to bring so, it Jim.
1: I tried to bring
4: it. The, so, the Jim, wife
1: looked at me a
8: little funny, but the guy... Jim involved. looked at them and said,
1: are you a goer? Oh, I know are the, you a goer? Wait, I know the couple. I know, I know who you're talking about. They they brought it. Good. They brought that, it.
8: That, that literally is exactly... How hard do you want to go? Yeah. They like, brought it. They're like, what do you mean? What do you want to bring? Do you want a real... like? Cool, like role play experience where you come out of it and you're telling the story over and over again, and it's not really about the dice; it's about what you do. Like, yeah, play that Exorcist game. I think you'll like it.
1: <laughs>
13: yeah, I think they did. I think yeah. they did. I so hope that, they
1: did.
8: So that's fantastic. Thanks. Yeah. Just so, to know
13: how they so, did. so I have a question. <clears throat> uh, Playing, having played your game before and after, you wrote and started using the GM rules.
1: Oh yeah, I do. I, I did implement GM rules. How
13: how is the pacing difference now that you've started implementing your own GM rules?
1: Well, I found myself watching the players and not interacting at all. And I actually got called out at at Crit Hit in Phoenix, which is a wonderful con, by the way. I recommend going if you can. Um, but the the uh, the players after that said, you know, I was I was wishing you did more. And I thought, you know what, I don't really have any systems in place to 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 do anything. And once I started implementing systems for the GM, the, uh, the game got way more intense. And, and, and the shining I had to, because I'm playing the hotel, mm-hmm. and the hotel's going to fuck you, and they're going, it's going to destroy your life and use your known weaknesses to do it until it has a new caretaker. <laughs> so I have to be an active player, but uh, in, in "The Exorcist is a little different, because I, I was playing a victim, mm-hmm. which was the possessed and um and so but yeah yeah in answer to your question yes there needs to be gm tools in order to help um drive fiction otherwise the players will create their own fiction indefinitely and at some point you have to stop the game excellent we All have right. players right yeah any players who played it you played both of them yes
0: who are you and what do you do that makes you famous
11: I'm Cal, I'm not famous.
0: Okay, excellent. <gasps> and, and impressions? No, no impressions.
4: <laughs> so
5: so we just found out what makes Cal famous. <laughs> so what did you think about the game?
11: I think, uh, I think a Great American Novel, this is the, um, the third time I played it. I played it when it was in an early draft, and now yesterday and today. It's, uh, it's the best story game I've ever played, but I was a literature major. I spent like 10 years in college reading all the Great American Novels and all that, so this was like the game that was made for me. So I'm, I'm buying like three copies on Monday, giving them away to people. I'm going to make all my friends play it, so they, they might come after you nice (laughs) yeah yeah they might come after you Awesome. yeah um i think it's a fantastic game like a it's almost like it's like a cross between a storytelling game and a party game that's what i think about it Hmm. like it's fun you get to know the people at the table kind of by their uh their choices in the narrative and then also at the same time as a writer what i really like about it is it's like writing at a table with a bunch of other people. Now, I've worked in writer's rooms, and it sucks. I hate it. But this game is like if a writer's room was actually fun. <laughs> it would be like this game. So I recommend it. If you, if you get a chance to play it, play it. Yeah. What would you improve? What would I improve? I personally would love to not play a horror thing again. What? The, fr- the first time we played it, it was like this southern gothic thing that we, we came up with. The players concocted the whole thing. So um, while I like The Exorcist and The Shining, uh, it would might be fun to try Jaws. I think Jaws, which is horror, I guess, but but very different. You know, Jaws would be great. Um, something that's kind taxidermy of taxidermy uh, man. he's gonna have a heart attack when he
5: see what I bring him. <laughs>
11: Christopher keeps mentioning car chases. I think he's got, like, a hang-up about car chases. Uh, no, I
1: would like to do Ronan.
11: Because there are no great American novels yeah. with car chases, though.
1: So right, but I don't know why you worry about that. No, I want them, but I can't write them in because it's called the great American novel.
11: Yeah, yeah. There's no novel. Like, I can't even think of a... Maybe, maybe. The Great Gatsby, but as Airwing. <laughs> that's, that's not a car chase. <laughs> that's not that's really a car chase. homicide. Yeah, that's more like... Um, uh, car it's a, wars. It's you know, the, mowing hold down on, a pedestrian. Hold, hold on. The two player
5: game version. The two player game version of Great American Novel as Airwolf. Ernest Borgnine <laughs> and the other guy just,
3: hey, what
5: are you doing up there? So I fun. just fixed this helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
11: Ernest Borgnine. Yeah, uh, Dan also played. I think Dan should come up and say oh, something.
5: Yeah, Dan. Dan
11: Dan's
0: got words. Thank you. thanks for coming up.
4: And Dan, again, yeah.
15: <laughs> I'll be quicker this time. Um it was a lot of fun. I I uh I think one of the things that worked about it as a specifically as a horror game was getting to take like a half step back from uh yeah yeah but I am your audience. I I I want to praise his work. Um it's really nice uh, in a horror game getting to take a half step back so that when oh I don't know the the uh hotel starts hiding extremely pertinent details about the current whereabouts and aliveness of the person you married, like, for months that you can just sort of, like, turn into the skid because it's like, oh, this is not... I'm not making it out, but I know that in, in chapter two of five, so, like, great, I can just make bad choices. Um... <laughs> Also, I'm pretty sure On the Road with Jack Kerouac has a car chase in it, so you can, oh, you're right. you yeah. can, you can do it, man. Yeah. Like, Good. steal cars. And also, I'm pretty sure the Fast and Furious series is a, a body of great American work. It's about character so, interaction. I, it's about character interaction. It's yeah. Guys, it's about family. Yes. Excellent.
0: We're still on Friday Night Games Please do that. We're still on Friday night.
5: This is Friday night games. We're doing still... Any come other come Friday night yet? games? Yep. Kurt. Kurt, Kurt it up. Just stand directly in front of other Kurt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we can't have come two Kurt. this way.
0: This way. This, way. this way. All right.
5: And what did you run? Don't... You're
17: not holding the mic. <laughs> okay. All right. Fine. <laughs> um, I know you. <laughs> okay. So uh, Friday night and purse. this morning, I ran a um, uh, game called Heist. In uh, Wild Talents, One Roll Engine. This is the same game that I ran at the uh, for the stream a couple of weeks ago on One Shot Saturday, and it, so I ran the same game three times in the span of a month. It was not the same game at all between the three of them. <laughs> there was, I was, I mean, there was almost the same character breakdown between. I had six characters, four players each time, so the, 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 there was possibility of different characters being brought in. Uh, or different archetypes being brought in. But um, all three of them took completely different approaches, which is what was great about running the heist game, because it's all player-driven. I come up with a setting, and then I say, here, go. And for the most part, like on the stream and last night, it was like three hours of planning and one hour of execution. This morning, it was like 75 minutes of planning and 45 minutes of execution, and I was done by 11.30. (laughs) It's like, okay, you stole the thing Um, I guess we're done Okay, so A bunch of my players from both last night and this morning are here Okay What what do you think went well? What do you think
0: you would change to make it better? Uh,
17: What I think went well is the fact that um, I customized the game as they were planning uh, On the fly to suit the skill sets that were present Okay Um, so in no case did they pick a hacker. So there weren't electronic locks to try to get past. You know?
4: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Let the
7: record show that Rob said take notes.
17: (laughs) 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 Uh,. So, yeah, I mean, that was probably the, the 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 single best thing that happened, other than the players were freaking awesome. Um, it was just in, in terms of my own prep of, of just rolling with what skill sets were actually present at the table. And so it was very much a, if I were a player and I was trying to figure out how to do this, what would I want the answer to be? Right. And that's what the answer was. Okay. So... Um, uh, well, I, I would wait for them to actually ask the question. But essentially, you know, if I were the one asking this question, what would I want the answer to be? And you know, sometimes the dice adjudicate that, but sometimes they don't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as what I would do uh, to improve, I underpowered my antagonists. Oh, okay. Yeah, they they make they made mincemeat out of uh, my superpowered superheroes way too quickly, um, and uh, I would have. I, I mean, they were like. The criminals were like 150... hundred and fifty hundred two hundred point characters for wild talents and the the superheroes were four hundred and fifty point characters and they made mint meat out of them so but four on one so that, yeah. yeah that that's really what it was okay. i would have I would have upped the the antagonist's abilities more Got
4: it.
13: So, so i wild talents really struggles with solo monsters yep. and so I would say as like a balancing mechanic i would Part that out into multiple creatures Because the, just the amount of hit boxes You have the way wild talents works If they roll too many tens like that dude's dead You got nothing that you can do
17: Right um,
13: I, they, This is why you have armor but I.
17: What I should have done is, also Is I did have two Superpowered heroes that were going to come in and thwart The problem to thwart the criminals And in in all three cases I had one of them show up I probably should have had both of them show up Right they don't work together necessarily, but they could both show up. So, yeah, that, that would have solved that problem.
0: Okay. Players. Any players want to come up and talk about it?
17: Going once.
11: Kurt Jr. Yeah. Kurt, Kurt. Jr. Kurt the third.
16: I'm oh, sorry, Kurt, Kurt, you're right. Kurt. <laughs> Kurt,
4: Kurt.
16: <laughs> Who are you and what do you do that makes you famous? Um, I'm Kurt, and that's my dad. <laughs> Woo! Step a little closer
4: <laughs> this
16: way. All right. I think you're more attractive. Oh snap! <laughs> yeah. Impressions? What'd you like about it? Uh, what do you think you could improve? I thought it was a really good game, and I liked. It was my first time first time playing Wild Talents, and I thought it was really really fun and how it worked. But I do agree that there should be more people to fight because we killed it very easy. We killed the boss very easily with with the one attack of a shock ability. The whole boss was dead instantly. Oh, not quite. But
17: yeah.
16: Yeah. It, Within two turns, within yeah. a couple turns, it was already dead. Yeah. So I feel like if we had put in more monsters in that last battle, it would have been a lot better. That's all I have to say about it. Okay.
4: All right.
16: Yes. Cool. Thank you. Hey, Pots. Any other players? Hey, Potts! Hey,
0: Any other players? Comments? Comments? Going once?
13: I, going twice? I have one more question. So... Uh, Kurt, so you said um, you said that you uh, sorry, Kurt Hanna. There's so so you, many Kurt's. you said that you had um, some some timing things go on where like one time it was three hours uh, to plan for the heist, and the next time it was one hour to plan for the heist. Uh, was that something that you were sort of like, I'm okay because I'm I'm usually cool with a short game. Like if it ends if it resolves like satisfying if there's a satisfying end and it's in two hours, then cool, that's the game we got. Yeah, it's more bourbon time. Yeah, yeah. No. well, but, no, I, yeah, I I, I was. Dick I, I guess I'm just curious <laughs> did, did you not have dials Or were you just Okay with whatever the time no, I, was No
17: I was I was fine with whatever They came up with In terms of a plan If it even seemed Remotely feasible And all three of the plans That the games came up with Were feasible Um They
4: <laughs>
17: <laughs> You think that's gonna dissuade him? You've known him longer than that <laughs> Um. Uh, I, no. I just. It, it's just that having. I, I actually ran this the same premise eight years ago at the con in uh wild in uh Savage Worlds, and uh because I didn't know about Wild Talents at the time. Uh, I think that con was the same one I played Wild Talents for the first time at. So it was like, oh, that's when I learned. But um, but uh it 's just the heist games and which tend to follow for from heist movies it 's like seventy five ninety percent uh, planning and then that last little bit of execution that actually happens and um, it 's just that this this morning 's game they were way more simple their, their plan was much simpler they didn 't go to like i mean in, on the stream they had like five contingency plans. Uh, the one last night they had uh, they, they were they were going a fairly complex route this morning bolt cutters i mean it, was, <laughs> it came down to it came down to hopping a chain link fence and and taking a day job for a week before the the the, the 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 heist actually happened and using a pair of bolt cutters i mean it was dirt simple um, even though this morning, they got caught by, um, the game took place in the Port of San Pedro. And this, mor- this, this in this morning's game, one of the characters rolled badly and got caught by the Coast Guard. Mm. Still managed to get out of it. Okay. so All right. Cool.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah. Saturday games that we haven't previously talked about. Saturday. Any Saturday games?
10: Go ahead.
13: Uh, So I ran the first game of Lighthearted uh, Saturday morning down in Games on Demand Where I was apparently leading Games on Demand because Tomes was on the stream Uh, I don't want Tomes' job Uh, Thank you (laughs) Thank you Tomes For doing this, it's very stressful And you left Fall of Magic on the table And I know it's really expensive And I was stressed out the whole time Because every once in a while I would hear jingling And I thought it was oh, It was so stressful (laughs) Anyway, so I ran a game during that and, uh, yeah, uh, this hold was... Hold on, hold on. Before you got to your game, he stood up in front of the group,
5: and he tried to do the Tomes spiel.
1: Nobody but Tomes can do the Tomes right? spiel.
5: But then he said, I gave it hi, my best. No, 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 no. I loved your spiel. But he said, hi, I'm Kurt. I'm not Tomes. I can't be that aggressively good. <laughs> And I almost peed myself,
4: <laughs>
5: which would have been really bad because I tried to run a game after that. It would have been real smelly and awkward. You should hydrate more.
13: <laughs> That's the... P- no. That's the problem. Uh, so right, yeah, go. so I ran, I ran lighthearted in the morning. Um, this was, this would be the third time I had ever, had to ever run the system. Um, uh, this was, uh, I had uh, disparate players. So three of my players – I have four players. Three of them were very much into let's talk about our feelings and I'm kind of into you and you're kind of into me, but I'm also into your twin brother and so maybe we'll chat. And then also I had a guy who who I feel like maybe maybe like a trad player or he, he kind of came at the game with how can I win, right. which story – rules light, story type games – that's not really a concern. The mechanics don't prevent you from winning, because why are you doing that? Like, the the designer does not want you to be doing that. They don't care if you're doing... the Winning is not, like, an interesting part of the game. So it's just not accounted for. Uh, and so the I knew things were going to be a little odd when the first thing they asked was, uh, what's the best stat for solving the mystery? And I was like, oh, I don't have a mystery. <laughs> this is going to be a problem. Uh... They seemed to have a really good time and they they gave a glowing review at the end but the the problem was anytime there was like enough air in a scene for that sort of banter to start up between the I want to date your twin brother kind of stuff he would see that as I feel like this is fluff I should do something to move the story forward this is it's my job to help I'm I'm going to be I'm going to drive the story and so he would jump in so we had a lot of like They would get interrupted and he's like, oh, I'm doing this or I'm doing that or I'm going to go over here and do this. And uh, I mean, it was interesting and we had a we, you know, we got a good game out of it. But it it was definitely like these three players did not get the game they were hoping to get. And this guy kind of did. So that's that's something it's 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 we did not have we had a tone discussion at the top, but I didn't we didn't use the x card for tone curation except for one time when they described something extremely violent when they uh killed a vampire with like a huge like conflagration and melted them and then they said at the end it goes poof and i was like i'm gonna just x the poof <laughs> okay but <laughs> yeah
18: i don't x think the they had, are there, players are there any
13: players no. from that no.
5: no lighthearted players from this morning
13: no no i don't i don't think we have any okay
5: uh, any any more saturday morning
0: games Yes, Dave.
5: I was there for the Kurt-led Games on Demand, uh, and I ran... So I set myself up. How did you set yourself
1: up? How did you set yourself up?
5: Oh, well, thank you, Chris.
1: There's a microphone.
5: Yeah. Uh, I set myself up a little bit because I decided that I was going to run Tales from the Loop, the 80s that never was, at 9 o'clock at Games on Demand. And the outcome of that game was going to be the beginning of the plot for my 2 p.m. game.
1: And how did that work out for you?
5: It went way better than I thought it was going to. I, at 9 o'clock, I was sweating bullets. I was really afraid because I didn't want to tell the people at the table that, hey, you're influencing the fun of people later, because <laughs> then they would poop on it. Uh, so I I was like, you know what? Yeah, we'll keep that under the table for now. But uh, I ended up with seven players, which is a little bit more than the comfortable number for one of the Tales games. Um, but I had a great time, and I ended up with players that made amazing characters. And uh, we helped robots find a place to be safe um, long live opportunity um, the thing that I I I wish could happen better is when you have a lot of players in the game I feel like there's people that don't get as much spotlight time as they deserve um, and I don't know a solution for that but I tried to spread it around as much as I could Um, I felt like Gene got ripped off. He didn't get to roll a lot of dice. Um, But he rocked because he was the rocker. (laughs) So it was good. And we had a guitar, drum, and oboe band.
4: Uh,
5: uh, And they were good.
0: A metal version of The Rite of Spring by Stravinsky. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, go.
5: Well, first off, can a- anybody that played in the 9 a.m. game, Games on Demand, that wants to say anything, come on down. <laughs> Big money.
4: <laughs>
18: who are you and what do you do that makes you famous? Uh, my name's Christos Some work on the forums and uh, all the new and old and all the forums. Um, all of them. Ah. All of them. <laughs> 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 um, <and laughs> all of the
0: many iterations of the forums.
18: Right. Uh, I'm actually anti-famous, though, so you're less famous standing next to me. I'm sorry.
0: Awesome. Excellent.
18: Uh, I play in Dave's game, and this is my first con, and it's only, like, my third time playing in the game ever. So um, I DM a lot, but it's my first time playing. So it was super cool and different and awesome, and uh, Dave's fantastic. Um, And I think our group was really odd because it seemed like everybody wanted something different out of it. Mm -hmm. So, like, your Troublemaker was awesome. Like, he was so fun and interesting. And then the weirdo character was super weird. And so it created, like, this really odd dynamic, but it was super fun. I had a really good time. Cool. Yeah, it was cool. What would you do better? What would you
10: do
4: differently?
9: Have someone besides
18: Dave Warner. Right. No. uh, Actually... (laughs) Less people. That's what we Less needed. People. Like, that was really the problem. I, I, big tables are so hard to work with. And, but Dave did a good job and, like, kept us all fairly reasonably on track. Yeah. yeah
0: Dave has a big, indiscriminate, generous heart. <laughs> he does.
18: <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the things that was interesting <laughs> was uh, the players well, didn't yeah. – a lot of us didn't, like, seem to know what to do with the robot when we found him. We're like, hey, you're a robot, and you have feelings, And we're kids, so we don't know what to do with that. (laughs) So (laughs) it was kind of an interesting dynamic, but it was super fun and different.
0: That was cool. Awesome. Thank you very much. Any other comments?
5: (laughs) Comments? Going once? Going twice? Sold American. All right. So 2 (laughs) o'clock. Right. uh, I ran uh, maybe the first game of Things from the Flood at a convention. Really? Oh, possibly, yeah. It's not released yet. I just have the. I backed it on Kickstarter, so they sent me the email version of the PDF. So maybe. I want I'm going with that a- accolade yes. until anybody tells me different. So it's
17: different. At least <laughs> on a Southern California gaming conference
5: yeah. in February. Yeah, there has never been a game of this <laughs> at Strategicon events before. Um, I can vouch for that. It, uh, so, Tales from the Loop is a great game about kids having an adventure in the 80s with super science, right? It's literally the tagline for the game is the 80s that never was. So it's everybody at home, they've got Apple IIEs and Commodore 64s and cable TV that you have to get up and change the channel by hand. But We actually had remotes back then. Well, look at Mr. Fancy Pants over there that lived in a remote control household.
1: I was the younger brother that had to get up and go and change the channel. <laughs> <Into> the
4: <TV. laughs>
5: but uh, but at the same time, uh, because of some big super science stuff that happened after World War II, uh, the world developed actual self-balancing robots and discovered a way to make super tanker cargo carriers float with the magnetosphere of the earth in the northern hemisphere and stuff like that and it's a game where the tone of the game is all about the promise of the future right uh and kids in the game can't die and they go on these adventures and and solve problems themselves things from the flood is real dark (laughs) and 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 what does that take place in the time in the 1990s And the Grunge after, era. after everything from the 80s collapsed and turned to shit. Right. Uh, it's... Everything has gone bad, and the super science is over, and robots are going wrong. The floating magnetrine ships don't work as well anymore. Uh, just a bunch of bad things have happened, and teenagers feel it. Right. And in this game, you're playing late teens. 15 to 19. So Doc Martens. Oh,
19: yeah. (laughs) Yep.
5: And for 2 o'clock, I ran a game that was... In the first game, they managed to successfully keep the robots from being captured, and they helped them find a way out. Uh, They ended up settling outside of Boulder City, Nevada, and building, like, an underground community for robots. Um, And over 10 years, they lived there secretly and in peace. Uh, But in the 90s, uh, things go wrong. The loop facilities in Sweden and Boulder City, Nevada have become flooded with some kind of strangely somewhat toxic water uh, that nobody knows where it's coming from. It ends up detonating Hoover Dam and flooding the whole valley where Boulder City is. Um, and half the city is underwater at this point and being salvaged. And the teens in the 90s, they end up finding one of the robots from that enclave, which, for those viewers at home, was Dav from our Insert Coin Game. Um, He, uh, because of contact with this weird water that's coming out of the loop facilities... Uh, He had developed, in the book, what they call machine cancer. So the robots, the self-balancing robots, used somewhat biological nerve filaments to make them have reaction times similar to humans for, of course, military and war applications. Uh, But that has gone wrong with this. And so they start developing like horrible tumors that make them either go crazy and violent or self-destruct or just become immobile and can't exist anymore. So the teens, they managed to kind of find a way to help out Dav and then he could go back and help the other robots. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the new game because it has uh, it has a kind of cool mechanic that we didn't actually get into a lot uh, called the Friction. And this is actually the first game I've ever run of it. So Um, When you make your group and all the teens make their relationships with with each other, the group decides what's sort of the thematic friction in our group. Like what causes problems in our group. And today they kind of went with money because everybody was in a household that was struggling a little bit. A lot of scientists lost their jobs when the Loop facility closed. Hoover Dam closed. so A lot of industry workers were out of a job. So they went with money, and it didn't really have the pop that I wanted. So I felt like that's something I need to work on for future games. Um, But I had a great time. And of course, being blessed with the people that come to this convention, players show up at the table, and I have a fucking great time. Like, people make choices that just tickle me, and I can't help but laugh like a fun fruit tree. So, yeah, there's an 80s and 90s reference for you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, anybody that played in the 2 o'clock 90s things from the Flood game that let's say anything? Well, get up Good here. Morning. Stop your jabber-jawing.
4: And jabber-jaw the mic. Okay. <laughs>
6: Oh, fishing for atoms! <laughs> First of all, you know Hufflepuffs
20: can't catch. <laughs> Hi, Rob. <Shrab.
4: laughs>
12: Don't voice your thoughts; they're not suitable for television. You be careful. That man has a neck tattoo. That's right. I'm hardcore. Hardcore, Rob.
13: Those, there's two butterflies in that tattoo. <laughs>
6: Kill to
12: get a butterfly? Sorry. Hey. Oh, Rob.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So,
5: Rob only gets El Cholo. (laughs) La Chola. And Uh, we're back.
12: Hmm. That's
5: hot, and I'd watch it.
12: (laughs) Um, Anyway, so, okay, so, uh, hi, I'm Adam, and I'm here with Joey. Hi. Uh, and like pretty much the whole gang is here we 're only missing one player uh yeah, yeah there's only one player from that game that isn 't here right now um, anyway I uh, you know this was okay so so i 'm very much like this was practically my age group, like the kids we were playing, like the oldest ones were only about like three or four years younger than I actually am uh, and was at that time, so oh, okay. at that time, Rob.
11: It
9: took you a while to get to that. At so that time, Rob.
12: Yeah. Um, so anyway, but no, it was, and I think while you didn't, uh, while you didn't purposefully hit it hard with the whole money as the friction thing, it very much happened. And we, it was very much motivating for all our characters and, and at least me very much on the back burner. Uh, but, but I felt it coming from all of the different characters that, that this this money friction was extremely important to all of us. And, and to me, as somebody who was kind of like through living no. through that time, sorry, I've had a little bit to drink, so I'm slurring a little bit, it's
4: called talking, in
5: cursive.
12: talking in cursive, um,
5: Fuck, shit, shit, fuck, shit. Yeah, yeah.
12: (laughs) Anyway, I had... Like there was, this was very much about the '90s, and the '80s was this very optimistic. Like, yeah, we're all gonna live forever. Do coke, you know. Invest in socks. Everything's great. Wear shoulder pads. And, <laughs> and then the '90s high, came along, and we're like, Kurt Cobain, that's depressing as fuck. And then we're all like sad and crying and wearing our flannel. And and this very much echoed that kind of mood. And it was kind of built into it like, wow, this is everything is sad. Like all of the prompts for these characters was like, oh, yeah, my parents have lost their jobs and uh, and we're getting divorced. And there was a lot of despair in this game that I think was very similar to what was going on for a lot of us in the 90s, trying to deal with that come down from this golden age of the 80s idealism and really illusion of the 80s. And uh, so anyway I thought it hit really hard and that was a very interesting part of it to me but
4: yeah
6: Um I'm going to slightly disagree and and say that I think part of the problem I don't think the issue was the way you handled the friction I think the way the friction is set up you need more than a one shot to really set it up you needed to no, take time to develop those relationships I think if we played two more sessions, it really would have made itself prominent. And I felt that way a little bit about most of the connections. We had really good connections on paper, but didn't really have a lot of time to explore them. And that's the only thing I was kind of like, I wish, I wish we could have done that more. But that's just a me thing. Uh, I do have an important question as a fan of Tales from the Loop and as a player in this game. Did Dav save Anne? Anne died. <gasps>
4: thought- no! Oh!
12: He didn't reactivate her. He couldn't... Nope. She was lost. Well, now I'm depressed. Because um, it's the 90s. So this was kind of glossed over in the game, and I was like, I think that's what he did, but I wasn't sure because you kind of just moved on, and I was super sad about it.
6: Yeah, that's that's much. One, one for the
4: homie.
6: <laughs> yeah.
10: <laughs> Hold on. You got to milk it. Hold on. <laughs>
5: Bring it in. Bring it in. Bring it in. Bring it in real close. Yeah. I love you, man.
16: I
18: love you too.
5: Welcome.
4: <laughs> Thanks.
16: Yeah, it, it was weird for me to play the game because it was the '90s was 14 years before my time, so
0: <laughs> so <laughs> the '90s is. Actually, history for you yeah
4: you study
12: yeah. that in school right <laughs> let's let's point out the character's ages were 14 to 18 and like all of us were like well over 18 and then there's the 14 year old playing the 18 year old and the rest of us <laughs> playing he was the younger the oldest
5: one in the group yeah. yeah but
12: but also i would like to
5: point out that he doesn't ever know what it's like to be able to wait for your loved ones at the gate at the airport <laughs>
4: What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs>
5: and and here's the thing. Did you get the depressing tone of the 1990s? Not at all.
16: Aww. Oh. Oh, I, I just tried to make jokes that seemed appropriate with, with what everybody else was talking about. It worked. Yeah, right? Yeah. What character was he playing? I've never been prouder.
6: So, <laughs> So... What? What character? What? You know what? Hold on! I fucked this up.
5: Oh. I'm fine.
16: <laughs> the, I fucked this up. Who are you? And what makes you famous? Well, did that? No, he he did that. that. Yeah, I, did I I'm Kurt, now. and that's my dad. I wasn't in the room at the time, so I want to know. <laughs> uh, I I've been on Pixel Scandal.
12: <laughs>
16: there
13: you go. Oh. He's that guy in the background.
12: You know what's that? Well, that's
13: a podcast that you can find at Pixelscandal.com.
16: <laughs> but yeah, that's, the game was super fun, and I had a ton of fun playing it. Awesome. What? Thank you for running it.
5: What and what, what character did you end up playing? I was the
16: Motorhead. Sweet. Did and what was the 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 your name? <laughs> Not at all. I don't understand what? it. What? Mario. Little Puppet. (laughs) Little Puppet!
5: So, the the last thing that I want to talk about is, (laughs) as I was being lazy and not really wanting to prep games, I was on Discord with several of my real-life friends that, unfortunately, many of you know. Um, (laughs) and, And... and uh i enlisted them to make um make these characters on discord with me uh, over the course of two nights and they created these back- these characters for this game and built the most intricate background world around each of them that could exist like It was... I had so much story just from that character creation that I didn't have to prep anything, uh, which was amazing, and I thank them for it. But what fascinated me was all of the stuff that they came up with, background character-wise, was diluted down to the spots on the character sheet for everybody that played in the game. And the direction that the people in the game went... That was so wildly different, but I it's like I had secret knowledge of the alternate world. <laughs> like some other dimension where these characters had a different story, and I was like, Oh, yeah, that's cool. I yeah, that's cool. Like uh the Raver with the Honda Civic um It, <laughs> it happened. So uh it was it was based on a friend's real life friend. That had a honda civic with multicolored body panels uh that didn't the car didn't work great and broke down a lot and so they developed a relationship with the motorhead because he was the guy that would come out with the tow truck and help them after raves at 2 a.m and like there were all these weird story beats that i was like those could happen and they didn't and i got new ones and i'm like I feel like I'm the one guy that's been in both universes, <laughs> and so I get confused but excited about it at the same time. I'm like, "What's going to happen now? I want to know what's the fate of Little Puppet." <laughs> All right, excellent. Uh, any?
0: I think we got one more Saturday game. Oh, we got two. Okay, uh, tap first. Okay. What did you run? Hi. I'm going to hold the mic. I know you. God
20: damn it. That's uh, my worst. <laughs> I
4: don't know. I that. do know you. <laughs> so yeah.
20: So my name's Tappy. Um I'm known both for my impulsivity and my pit entry. Um And uh That's true. What did you run?
15: I ran uh 10 buncho 0. No, no, you ran a AP of that couple weeks ago? I did.
20: I did. I ran an AP of that, and I learned a lot in that AP, and I put that, that together in this game. Um, and for those of you that haven't heard me talk about it or watched the AP, it is nananas. <laughs> it is one of the most ridiculous games I have ever run. And I motherfucking love ridiculous games. Um, it's a, a Japanese game uh, from the late 90s, and like many games in the late 90s, there's kind of a lot to it. Um, but the core game mechanics of it is be awesome. And that's really it. Like, the, how you get experience is based on uh, the how the interaction between uh, kabuki theater and the audience works. And how when something does something badass that they like, like, the crowd erupts immediately. There's no, like, waiting for things to be done. Like, oh, yes, very nice. Or if you really liked it, then you stand up and say, oh yeah, it's very nice. No, I was like, fuck yeah! And so that's the mechanic for uh, experience. So what's cool about it is it starts to sort of, like, roll up on each other where somebody starts doing it and then other people start doing it. And whenever they like something, they're, they're rewarding the other players with that. And then the players reward each other and becomes just this cyclone of being fucking rad. Like a,
0: a feedback loop.
20: Like yeah, it's a feedback loop. Um, and and so every I think everybody had so much fun. I was laughing my ass off. Was <laughs> that? They called it a circle. It's
4: a circle. Jerk. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs>
20: All right. So uh, what what do you think went particularly well, but and what do you think you would like change? Like you want to watch it? Okay. So <laughs> what I think went particularly well is I know me, and that I can't stay on one storyline. So I made at least three different possible outcomes from them, like sort of doing their bullshit and looking around and trying to play the game. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I also, because I had alternates and I really want to introduce people to this game, took extra people. So I had seven people in this banana nananana's game. Right. That's and so it, many nananas. It was a lot. And the, the trouble is, because because I had different oh, no, no. possible story threads for each one, and all of them were concurrently true, mm-hmm. different people went to different story threads on different factions oh, when they were all true. Oh, no. and How like, did that turn out? It actually, it turned out fucking <laughs> rad. <laughs> 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 because it, you just kind of collapse it all on each other. Yeah. right? Okay. It's like when you actually look in the box of Schrodinger's cat, and go, ah, cat's motherfucking dead. Right. Um it depends on when you look at it um, so what's in the box so when it, when it comes down to it the, the biggest problem we had was we just had too many people because the core mechanic of the game is be motherfucking awesome I mean this is a game where if you get injured you add dice
4: <laughs>
20: right You're like, mm! and you can't die unless you choose to so, I mean, it, it encourages you to just go to 11 and fuck 11. It's 11 million.
4: Right.
20: <laughs> and, but when you have seven people, it, it starts to hurt because everybody deserves that much screen time. And I think, I mean, I loved every single character we had. And they all, you know, went different ways that I didn't expect. Um, and the group as a whole um, kind of came together in really interesting ways. Um. I just, I'm glad I got to show the people who are alternates the game, because they really enjoyed it. And he, I still had one person sit out. I was like, I can't take eight. That's, <laughs> <laughs> I can't, like. You're getting older. Eight will do. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's just, that is one too, one too many. Yeah. So, so Tappy,
10: like, so I have a question, like, and again, I, I know nothing about the game other than what you described right now and and it seems like based on what Dave said earlier and stuff like that like we at Happy Jacks have very open hearts and want to take as many people as possible is there a way to in- yeah you're dick um, is there a way to integrate other people into the game without having them be players
20: they would still need screen time okay and that's the trouble is anytime somebody's taking away from that screen time it it makes it that much more difficult to reach your character's potential Got it. And there are, there are only so many They're called Aikichits, um Like Aikido That you just like, throw at people for being awesome There are really only so many you can throw In like an hour So if you have seven people Being as awesome as they can possibly be It's still not You're still splitting up that screen time too much
1: Cappy, I think we, we, we as GMs put up A really high bar for ourselves Because we, we seek perfection in our games oh. We have to remember this is a con game and our responsibility as game masters are to introduce ideas and to involve people. And even if that makes uh, your experience as a GM a little weaker than you would expect, I still think it's important to, if you can, max
20: out your game. Oh no, it didn't make my experience weaker. Well, then uh, that's great. I, I laughed my ass off. <laughs> I, I, I might actually disagree with you. Oh, oh. and I'll tell you why. Oh. I, because
4: oh, when I've
0: when I've run you. games with GM with fewer five. players.
4: Oh,
0: when I run games with fewer players, I am able to give more screen time, spend more time with each character, help more with development than I am with six or seven players.
1: It's a much better game with fewer it's players. Much,
0: I, I'm no impa- doubt, I, I would think that I'm impacting fewer people more meaningfully than I would otherwise.
1: More people less
13: meaningfully. Yes, is is better. Uh, I have to agree with Stu. Actually, I I ran. Yeah, I, I, ran, I, yeah, I, I it. ran at games on. To, yeah, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: what do you? What? What is that? I'm the one wearing the headphones.
17: <laughs> and everybody listening.
1: <laughs> what are they like? Twelve.
13: In the future. I was just trying to start a fight.
12: <laughs> Nine? Nine. So, so, Say the thing.
13: so the the reason I agree with Stu is uh, I, I did this exact same thing to, today. I, I There was no way for me to pull in more people. I, I I mean, granted, I only had physical materials for four. I had duplicates, which means people would have been playing identical pregens, and I could have brought them in, but it would have been a farce, like, a, a much worse experience with people literally playing duplicates of characters. Go ahead.
20: Well, and like, with, if, I hadn't had the the alternates, which, again, I really liked. The The core four would have been, like, this weird teacher-senpai dynamic with uh, uh, samurai, and samurai in this one are, basically, they hulk out into awful demon things. Um, so this really nice girl, like, trying to be, like, be taught by this awful, horrific demon thing that had no inner monologue. Um... And then, like, an Oni, which in this game is is kind of like um, the Ainu of Japan, who is all about nature, against uh, a person who basically had a VR set for a magical robot that went out and did stuff while she was in VR. That would have been a cool group. The other people were also awesome, um, and I'm glad that I got to have them in there, but that core group, that core four... I would really like to have another chance to tell or to see them do bullshit together more. Is really what it is. Okay. And, yeah.
13: and from and from the players' perspective, if I come to this game knowing this is going to be a four-player game, I'm going to get 25 percent of screen time, and I sit down, and the GM takes three extra players. I'm, I mean, a little part of me is like kind of i feel like i've been robbed right and and i I, I don't want to turn people away everyone feels that way so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna leave right
20: i'm not gonna turn i'm not gonna say hey you guys got to get out of here but it really is a choice you have to make like if you have a game that nobody else is running it's hard to say i don't want you to have this experience even if the other one is better um, if it's a game that more people are playing, then it's more of like I want this to be the best experience that I can make. Either way, I'm laughing my ass off. Like I almost fell over at least sixteen times. <laughs> um, but it's it's about what I'm I'm crafting for my group. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's what I could have done better. Right. It is just players. 25.
17: I I wasn't a player. I was going. Th- I was talking about the the this, this seven-player problem, okay, which he seems to be having a problem with. Yeah. Like, it, it's one of these things that if you if you're running a, a long-running campaign, and you have more players, there's more time to give everybody the necessary screen time. I mean, I I always generate more character sheets than I have uh, player spots for, be, to so that nobody has to pick the last one. So there's a choice. So there's a right. choice. There's an honest choice even Everyone for the last choice. person.
7: I'm trying to get her attention. Okay. <laughs>
13: Um uh but it <laughs> <laughs> what? they're blinking the red
17: light. We're almost at 2 hours. Go ahead. Okay. Um but I I feel like that each of us do have as GMs when we're when we're running when we're running these these single shots at one <laughs> when we're running these these one shots at cons or one shots anywhere, we do need to be a little bit more uh uh conscientious of what kind of an experience are we giving for the players who only have that limited amount of time in this game. And it is hard to say no,
20: but... Not for me. It's for some people... Yeah, I I think there's a seven-player problem because there are three alternates on the sheet. Okay.
0: But those are alternates. That's if other people don't show up. Exactly.
19: So, I was actually one of the players in this banana pants game. So let me tell you about how it was having the alternates in there from the player perspective. It actually, while yes, there was less screen time. And yeah, would have loved some more because this game is so unique and really, really fun to play. Everybody was having such a good time and laughing. Like, I think this particular system and because of where it was going, it actually worked really well because, especially because the game system is built with um, players rewarding other players with the chits. Like, It becomes entertainment theater between everybody else. So actually having more players, I think it would be more a matter of having more time to explore with that many people. But it actually worked really well.
0: Kind of fed the energy a little.
19: Yeah, because there were so many people and so much dynamic happening between everybody. Okay. It was really fun. Cool.
0: Awesome. So, Any any other player feedback?
5: I I, I played in the playtest and on the stream. Some of you might have seen it. Uh, I had a lot of fun. For a game from the 90s, I was impressed with how flexible it was. Um, A lot of times, games in that era are very cemented into a rule set.
4: (laughs) Palladium.
5: (laughs) Da-da-da-da-da. But... Well, yeah, but everybody had some cool shit happen in our play game. Like, everybody had a moment where that was like, what just happened? There was a, a a tree with hanged people trying to beat us to death, and somebody, like, jumped off of somebody else's back and did what? Fuck yeah! That's amazing! Um, but I think the lesson that I'm taking from this is I should tell people to fuck off.
4: <laughs>
5: to make big games better.
19: No, but the the game is. Fuck off, Rob! I like games. (laughs) No, the game really is fun. I like the flexibility with the characters. I think that's super important. Uh, Yeah, by the way, I played the samurai that could become gigantic monster person because, of course, I did. But I decided (laughs) that. It was not wolf-like in my description that I gave at the table actively and not in the theater of my mind. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But it was really fun because, I mean, anything's on the table. We have... You have your introductory period where you get to have a moment all to yourself with your character and I decided mine was like the cutscene from a video game with the narration except my character literally was narrating. My character had no internal monologue so today I literally described everything that I was doing and everything that was happening. <laughs> like, it was like Drax but just like cranked up to 11. Right. Awesome.
10: So, so Tappy um, going back years and years and years ago for the early podcast time I remember um, Exalted was always your, yeah, thanks, Kimmy, I see it. All, Exalted was always your, like, this is bananas, this is over the top, this is amazing, this is everything that I've always wanted in a system. Does this one, is it more over to the top? How does it compare? It works better.
20: Fantastic. It is, it is not as narratively over the top. Like, you're not dodging raindrops as you walk through them, right? Because you're that good at dodging. But it works much, much, much better because combat takes no time as opposed to all the time. Um, we did actually we only barely got to the combat at the end of our time because we had so much fun just being like crazy cartoon characters with each other. Um, but yeah, it, at, for Exalted, I think the the over-the-topness is the goal. And I think with... TBZ, the over-topness brings you to the goal, which is fun. And so that's what I think the big difference is. Cool.
11: Awesome. Thank you. Thank
20: you, Thank you very much. And they are contemporary. They, are con- they, were, they were written at about the same time. Yeah. Uh, Exalted was written in 2000, and the first edition of TBZ was written in 1999. Any more games? Come on
21: up. Bring it! Good
20: job, dude. Who
0: are you, and what do you do that makes you famous?
21: I am Joe, and I... Hello. I am the uh, owner of the Wormkeep Entertainment Company, which is a um, publisher of fine RPG adventure modules. Okay. okay, and uh, this uh, in the afternoon I ran a, a fifth edition D and D game, mm-hmm. which is actually going to be uh, eventually be a Kickstarter to publish it as an actual adventure for everyone else to play. Okay, sweet. It was called, it was called uh, "Curse of the Desert Mansion." Okay. Nice generic D <laughs> <Excellent. laughs>
0: so, uh, anD D game. So, where can people find find this when the time comes?
21: Uh, they could go to wormkeep.com. That's w y r m keepcom slash rpg. Okay, and that's usually that's where all the RPG stuff of my company is. Excellent. All right.
0: Awesome. All right. And and any uh, how'd the game go as far? As, okay. Any positives or anything you would change?
21: I had to make some changes to run it here, because uh, I usually, uh, they're designed to be run in one session, but I consider a session to be eight hours, oh. and, ah, and obviously I also have to run it in four and a half hours. It was, it was I decided to make it slightly, longer. I was going to try to do four, that would have actually failed. Four and a half was just long enough to make it run, okay. but I didn't know I had to slash stuff out, I'd change one combat into a puzzle, <clears throat> remove some rooms, but I still wanted to make sure they could do some exploration, because people who... Played in previous games and run here do like the fact that I have some exploration involved and not just combat, and um, and then of course the final rom is having to, to kind of force them to get into the adventure instead of having uh, role playing because it's not time to actually do role playing that would take too much time out, so uh, so that's the main issue. Excellent.
0: Right? Do you have any any players
21: here? No, I don't think so. I'm looking around. So. Well,
0: okay. oh, thank thank you very much. Thank you. Woo! All right. Where we what are we at? Two like two and a half? Two, two fifteen. All right.
5: I think I think we're about done. Yeah. I'm never done. we Just tell me I have to stop.
15: <laughs> Come on up.
5: Bring it. It's already been
3: brought in.
0: We, we popped the hour and a half cherry a while ago.
3: Uh, hi, this is Mary. Um, I didn't run any games this con because I'm still trying to write the one shot I'm going to run for my husband's anniversary gift from four months ago. Um,
6: Aww. But, you know, once,
3: once that happens, maybe I'll run it adorable. here later. Um, but there were two games I ran in that I want, to, or that I played in that I want to give a shout out to. Uh, the first one was, um, the system was Well of fears and you play a 6 to 12 year old in a world where you can see monsters. And once you turn 13, you either become a monster or just stop seeing them and become an asshole teenager.
4: <laughs>
3: so, yeah. Yes. Um, and we, we had a, it had a really neat die mechanic where you built as big a dice pool as possible with your D6s, and then you took the top three added those together, and if any of them were sixes, then you started rolling exploding dice in that top three. Uh, So you built a really cool dice pool, um, and there were a couple times where we were like, uh, so you seem to think the target is 10, Mr. GM, sir, but I have a 32. Um... So, I mean, we just rolled a maze balls while the poor GM was sitting there rolling 3d6s and getting a total of six. Um, I mean, like, if he had been playing Hero or GURPS, it would have been great for him. Um, but he wasn't. Um, but the system was really cool because I groove on any game where you can play a kid and make really poor kid choices and have them work out. Um, and I liked the mechanics in it. So, Well of Fears, is uh, really cool. There's a pretty high chance I'm going to try to get my hands on it. Uh, the other game I played and that I want to give a shout out to was called Jinkies. Mm-hmm. It was an apocalypse hack. Um, it was pretty much if Scooby-Doo gang was in a band. Um, I thought it rode the Scooby-Doo aesthetic a little too hard compared to the band gem aesthetic, which was supposed to be the other influence. I would prefer a better balance between the two, but the game was game was amazingly fun. Uh, the archetypes were really well thought out. And had really cool powers that were appropriate to the type of game. Um, And part of the reason I want to give this one a shout-out is because he just started the Kickstarter. um, And it's going to be up for a little bit. Um, And I thought it was a really good game, so I think it's worth checking out. Especially if you enjoy kind of that ridiculous, like... 70s hijinks vibe Mm -hmm. because we we did catch the bad guy with a ridiculous trap and do the big reveal and and that was super and he would
0: have gotten away with it it was one of your meddling kids
3: oh yeah we we got it we got it um it was beautiful and then we went and kicked the ass of our rival band in performance right afterwards um so i mean we balanced it all um so it was called jinky jinx jinkies and it is on kickstarter now and if you like that aesthetic definitely check it out it's really hits those notes well cool.
0: Cool. thank you very much Mary. Woo! all right that's it thank you for joining us for season 23 episode 18 of the happy text RPG podcast my name is Stu. fuck off
5: Ah, uh, well that's the lesson i learned is to fuck 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 off um but i'm i'm Cadave. I'm going to take a little longer to say goodbye because it makes Kimmy angry,
13: and I love that. (laughs) Um, Ladies and gentlemen, Kimmy has left the building. So, um, How are you?
0: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) All right, Dave's mic's
7: off. Go ahead.
19: (laughs) I love you. (laughs) I'm Mac. I crashed the stage. I wasn't up here before, but I am now. (laughs) (laughs)
4: hi better chris yeah (laughs) and i'm kurt
0: all right and here's our studio audience thank you very much and enjoy the rest of the con and we'll see you next friday at 8 to 7
4: p.m pacific time thank you very much see you in hell